another fan that over here that would suck. I know, we get some circulation in here. Let me do my thing. You're you're bleeding into my intro, Heather. What? Welcome back, folks. Don't it's bleed into his intro. Don't bleed into my Welcome back, folks. It's the Uticast, episode 158. <laughs> we are flying through the heat here at the sauna slash studio uh, for episode 158, where we sit down with a long conversation with OD sports reporter Ben Burnell. Uh, also this week, we're going to talk about July 4th. Uh, we're going to talk about LeBron James. We're going to talk about the World Cup, but only very briefly. We're also going to talk about... Oh, history lessons, uh, octopus. We're going to talk about all the things that Heather doesn't like on Twitter. Uh, And, of course, we're going to go around the world for some weird news stories, all that, plus so much more. It's the Uticast, episode 158, and we are happy, as always, to have you here in the excessive, excessive heat. Welcome back. It is the Uticast episode 158. It is balmy. Very balmy here in the yeah, studio. There's a thunder, coming is, in. thunder is booming outside, I too. Oh, I think there's a big storm coming. There's a I big storm so. coming. Uh, the lights are flickering, which is why I'm sort of ready to get through this as fast as possible and save it just in case the uh, power goes out because this computer will not survive without power. Uh, but welcome back, folks. Episode 158 in the studio. Windows are opening. Lightning, thunder coming. Lightning. And the thunder, like that. Imagine dragon songs. We are, of course, Uticast. Heather Waz is here again. What's up, Heather? What? I have three tweets I want to ask you about. Oh wait, I made something. I made something for you. Okay. Hang on, hang on. Okay. He's he's running away, so I guess we'll just talk amongst ourselves. So Kevin has new glasses. I do. I have glasses. They look now. great on you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. They I'm really still. I'm getting you. used to them. I've had this sty in my eye for like okay. the last three days as well, which has made the getting used to my first pair of glasses ever. Oh, look at that. What is this? Sorry, I love what you're saying, but this. Mm. It's a nice it? coffee. I made you a nice coffee. It's now officially iced coffee season here in the Uticast Studios. That's awesome. Iced coffee season is upon us. That's it's what awesome. I say. And it's not too sweet. It's not too sweet. That's right. You get an iced coffee like Dunkin' Donuts. It happens all the time. It's horrible, yeah. It's like six pounds of sugar. I'm like, Mm -hmm. who could drink this? Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Iced coffee season is in session here at the Uticast. i got to fire up that cold brew machine. got to fire up that that cold brew machine. Uh, Also, I've been told... Which by machine is just a jar with a filter. (laughs) Yeah, a filter jar. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, you may hear uh, some sounds. We've left the studio open a little bit this week because the rain is coming. We need the breeze. Need the breeze. Uh, you may hear Justin Parkinson from Maiden Utica swearing as he plays Tetris in the living room. It's been a Tetris, uh, a Tetris storm here at the studio. A Tetris heavy weekend. Yeah. And also potentially, this is something that's very important because he may show up at the studio at any time unannounced. Very good friend of the pod, Steve Anderson, uh, has claimed. Uh, based on an ongoing joke that we have about uh, whenever anyone goes out and asks us if they want to get anything, we say ribs. Usually that's the answer. You guys get any ribs. Steve claims that he actually is bringing us ribs today. Oh, today awesome. is where? from where? I don't know. He was out grocery shopping with his mom. Oh, so his mom yeah. made he picked up ribs. His, <laughs> my, his mom bought ribs. Uh, Probably, hopefully. Oh, hopefully. thunder. I love, I love storm. Uh, yeah, so today is technically thunderstorm, Tetris. Uh, iced coffee rib day. It's a very exciting day here at the Uticast. It's also uh, 
right before the 4th of July. This is our 4th of July episode, yes. so happy 4th of July weekend for everyone who took the days off. Everyone's on vacation this week. Yeah, it's true. It snuck yes. up, although it shouldn't have with all the fireworks going off everywhere every in every neighborhood. Every it still snuck up somehow. Uh, I have a couple of, uh, 4th of July questions for you guys coming up, but Heather, I want to start with the things I was originally talking about before Ice Coffee Day. I had three tweets, and you can choose to discuss any of them in any way you want. Number one, I need you to tell me about this theory that rattlesnakes live in the pool noodles no. that you were tweeting on. It was, I, I thought everyone knew about this. It was in the news last week. The so, family found a rattlesnake in their pool noodle. That's really horrifying. Yeah, so people are freaking out now. I feel they, like that hole in the pool noodle is really small. Snakes yeah, are feisty. And, yeah, no. So everyone thought it was me, I think. And I was like, no, no, I, I found it in the news. Yeah, that's horrifying. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. I'm have to look at every pool now noodle. Now I'm nervous. I and like, I feel like yeah. now you're gonna be scared of everything. Now well, because the problem is, pool noodle is, if it was a baby rattlesnake, that's where the real problem comes in. Because baby snakes are way more dangerous. So if they're small, you're in mm. a lot more trouble if they bite you. Because yeah. they haven't learned to not eject all their venom when they bite. Oh great! So if a baby okay. bites you, they're just like you're getting all of it. Yeah, just lay right into you. There you go. Um. Also, let's see. Oh, that was the last one. You, uh, what is sport climbing? You were talking about you were going to attempt sport climbing yeah, this week. What's that? Um, it's where we, well, first of all, we went to Rumney in New Hampshire, which is five and a half hours away. It's like the big climbing wall, climbing outside of the East Coast. Anyway, so it's basically you um, are locking in every time. Instead of when you climb, there's a rope and you're attached the whole time. This one, you keep climbing up and attaching. So you're not safe until you get to that next Mm-hmm. You lock in with I a see. carabiner. Yeah, yeah. So you keep doing that, and I tried it out this weekend. How was it? I'll never do it again. No. Because every one's like five, could be five to ten feet apart. So if you were to lose your feet or your hands, then you would um, you would fall ten feet oh. before getting some of the rope catching you again. So yeah. it's just terrifying. Ten and feet's you, too much. And then, no, it's just too <laughs> scary. So we were going about, you know, 40 to 60 feet up in the air. And I said, never do this again. I never was so scared in my life. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> uh, and then also, I need to ask you about some sort of thing you were complaining about. Some kids show, Daniel Tiger. Oh, is this some kids show? This is a ridiculous show. My son wanted to watch it. It's just about, it's this talking cat. It's supposed to be from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. It's really obnoxious. Okay. It's just this little brat cat who's always being a brat. And his mom's always yelling at him. And his dad sounds like a creepy guy. Just don't watch it. I can't mm. really explain it. It's just an awful... There's there's a growing a... trend with these kids' shows where the children act very yeah. poorly for the, uh, you know, as role models for the kids who are watching it, and the parents are always idiots, and yeah. it's like... Daniel's this... a brat. Yeah, the other one is Peppa Pig. I had to watch that one a lot, and it's like, yo, Peppa Pig is a terrible child. They and should they should console their parents I don't about understand. something. I don't, I don't get it. Just don't. No. I'm done. The kids like drama. you got to have a little drama with these oh, shows. Oh, he has me, so I'm enough drama for him. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> Kevin, you have two big seismic shifts. Also, Kevin, welcome. Always Hi. nice to see you. Uh, you had two big seismic shifts that happened in your life this week. Yes. And we can talk about them in 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 whatever order you we feel comfortable with. Let's start with your glasses. Your glasses, glasses guy now. I love them. I have glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's weird getting used to them the first time I've ever had like glasses or anything I'll probably eventually have to bite the bullet and be a contacts guy oh yeah um, I just don't see it being an all day everyday thing as like being feasible but I've been trying just to get used to it and uh, it's weird it's different mm-hmm. it's do different do you feel like you can see the world better now does it feel visibly different now uh, some things like reading or like reading like the an episode description on TV late at night or something mm-hmm. like that where it's like real small letters on like the HBO now um but what I have noticed is after having worn them for a little bit, when I take them off, 
I never noticed that my vision wasn't good before yeah. I went in. Yeah. But now yeah. when I take them off, I can feel my eyes scrambling to reacclimate. They're like, wait a minute. The right eye starts reeling. The left eye just drops the ball, and it's a whole thing going on. And so it's interesting. That was quick. I've also got prescription sunglasses, so I'm oh. in. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Now, I have to say, it's funny, too, because I can... I'm, I'm a... I'm an old-timey glasses guy. I've had glasses oh, yeah, you've for been a long time. Glasses. Been wearing glasses. So I can tell that you're still new to it because your glasses are still very clean. You wipe them clean every day. Like with the oh, wipe yeah. So I go sometimes like two weeks and I look down at my glasses. I'm like, oh, geez, look at these things. I have <laughs> you mean like you just, it's like anything else. It's like you have your first kid and you're like, I don't know how I should bathe it. And the second one, you're like, ah, throw it in the shower. Hose it off. Hose it off. Yeah, it's fine. You'll, you'll get there soon. Uh, the other is that you are a Los Angeles Lakers fan. And the the biggest I am for a long time now. Long time now. Years. You didn't jump off like certain friends of ours and become Celtics Never. fans. I watched, when I watched Kobe those retired. teams with Kent Bazemore and Jody Meeks, Meeks, and Jordan Hill, and all those boys. Shout out to Wesley Johnson. Um, yeah. So the Los Angeles Lakers they uh, they made a deal. They have LeBron James, the the most popular, greatest basketball player of our current yeah ten years, twenty years span. I was never. I've always been. You can't. You're conflicted. Take away. I can tell. I am. I am conflicted because like I'm happy and he's great and it seems like he's going to do great things. But it's he's going to be. It's going to take a minute to warm up and accept him. But I'm sure that when he's out there just stunting all over everybody in the purple and gold, it's going to be excellent. They also signed a bunch of other weirdos on one year deals. Yeah. That are just going to be like trade chips or hold cap holds. Yeah. Interesting time to be a basketball fan, though. A lot of content in the last 24 hours. I think the interesting part about this, and Heather, this will help you understand the context here. I think for, I wouldn't call you, Kevin, a LeBron hater, necessarily. No, but I'm, you, I'm a LeBron realist. But you did <laughs> you did find enjoyment for a long time in watching LeBron lose. Like, yeah. it was... I don't know anything about sports, but I like him. LeBron, I like LeBron, too, <laughs> He's actually. He's a nice guy. Can I say, I think, I think that LeBron... I think LeBron is probably the most... Uh, Derisive is that the word? Divisive, 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 yeah, divisive athlete of my time. Because when I watch him play, when I watch an NBA game and he's in it, I'm like, I want him to fail, right? Like I just want it. something about the way he plays. He like looks at the refs. He gets all the calls. Like he's very, he's amazing, but it's very frustrating. <laughs> but then when he's like just out in the world doing his old, like his own thing, like 20% of the time it's corny, but like 70% of the time I like what he has to say as a human being. So I'm always kind of torn on well, him when I, I see it was, him. I thought it was interesting that, you know, they were reporting one of the biggest factors was the Magic Johnson factors. Not only does he model the style of play after him, but he wants to model... He really appreciated him as like a businessman and a social activist. So it'll be interesting to see how he expands as he winds down into you know the mid to later thirties period of his life and career. Mm. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. I don't know. It's exciting. Lakers be on TV a lot. I'm calling it right now. Lakers and Celtics Christmas Day. I guarantee it. I bet I bet you a thousand dollars that game's happening. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, there you go. Lakers, LeBron, LeBron. I've seen a lot of that. LA Appreciate the sport. <laughs> it was, it was a, all over my news, so I even knew about this. See. That's true. Cross is into mainstream. He's that kind of famous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, matter of fact, he's going to be in the remake of Space Jam. Did you guys know they're making a new Space Jam no. movie? Yes. Yeah, Space well, Jam 2 with LeBron. <laughs> nice. It's you remember the first Space yeah, Jam? Yeah, I definitely remember. And it's playing this weekend. It is playing this weekend. That's right. <laughs> July 7th, uh, Franklin Square film series continues July 7th with Space Jam. Kind of like an underrated uh, 90s movie now. I feel like people don't talk about it as much, but uh, one of the biggest soundtracks of all time. Uh, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, MJ. All the hitters. All the heavy hitters. <laughs> I remember, uh, this is one of those movies I remember taking. My my stepdad and my mom went to this movie with me, 
And it was one of those things where I really enjoyed it, and I can tell my stepdad did not like it, but he was really trying to, like, not let me know that he didn't like it, right? right. Then again, Mike doesn't like any... My stepdad, Mike, doesn't like any movies. Like, we went to... And this actually leads into my, my talking point for myself this week. I went to the movies, doing the classic Fourth of July weekend type thing, with my nephew and my niece and my mom and my stepdad and my sister to go see Jurassic World... Fallen Kingdom, it is the biggest movie in America right now. It is just pumping in the money. Crazy how much money. $264 million over, like, however many days, 10 days, 12 days now, I think. It's pretty crazy. Um, and I went into this movie knowing it wasn't going to be good. You ever have to do this? You ever go into a movie Lots where you're like, what was it? Lots of them. What was it? <laughs> yeah. I like dinosaurs, and I like Jurassic Park, and again, my nephew was really excited to see this movie, so I had to go in there knowing, like, oh, man, I know this movie is trash. I've read all the reviews. It's, it's garbage. Uh, and I have to say, it wasn't quite as garbagey as I That's expected I it heard, to be. It's though. fine. You can't take it too seriously. Like, the movie is yeah, about... Yeah, no, it's dinosaurs. What's... You've never been able to take it too seriously. But it's still hard, because you're always hoping for that feeling you got from the first one. Because you, you, you can never get your first more. time back. I know. It's just called chasing the dragon, or chasing the dinosaurs, or whatever. The problem, I think, with these Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World, Jurassic Park movies is they've sort of become the Transformers movie series, right? The first Transformers movie is okay. Mm -hmm. It's not a great movie. It's not a bad movie, necessarily. It's okay. It's got some good stuff, got some bad stuff. The first Jurassic Park movie is very good, I would say. It's not a, It's not yeah. going to It didn't win any Oscars for acting or anything. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. After the first one, none of them are actually very good movies. Like, Lost World's not a very good movie. Jurassic Park 3's not a good movie. Jurassic World has some good parts, but it's not a like a cohesive film. I thought Jurassic World was good. I thought it was fine. It's I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This movie was just fine, but uh, it's killing it in the theater. So I think they I think they've hit upon the formula. Put the Jurassic Park license on it. Put Chris Pratt out there. Uh, um, yeah, Bryce Howard, Dallas Howard. She's really good. I think that's my biggest knock, and I'll leave it with this for this is uh. Chris Pratt is getting diminishing returns for me. I loved Chris Pratt on Parks and Rec. I'm a huge Guardians of the Galaxy mark. I love, I like both movies a lot, even the second one, which a lot of people are hit or miss on. Chris Pratt's been worse in every single movie I've seen him in, I feel like, since since Parks and Rec. And you see, it's not, I don't even know if it's his fault. I just don't know if this movie gave him anything to do. I think they're giving the wrong roles to him. <laughs> they did like that thing, you know, like when the hero of the movie has been gone for a while and he's a recluse now or something and they want to show it. So they usually just put a beard on the guy. This time they did it like by showing him like building a house in the middle of nowhere when they found him. Like he's like standing on a ladder by himself next to these beautiful foundations for unbuilt house. I'm like, really? Yeah. This, you caught him right at this particular moment. Because that's all he does. <laughs> it's just a little... That's all he does is go out there Come and produce. Come on, man. Come on, man. He goes out there and produces all day. Even in the first movie when they showed up, he's got like that amazing like dinosaur cabana. He does. Oh, he did. With like his he beautiful did. 50s motorcycle in mint condition. That's uh, just that guy. That's who he is. He's killing yeah. it all the time. That's why he's so good when duty calls because he's always that good. If you're looking for something to do for a couple hours to get out of this oppressive, excessive heat. I'll go right now. Go see Jurassic World. It's fine. It's not offensively bad. It's just like, it's really dumb. Like you think about the stuff that's going on in the movie and you're like, wow, that's a really stupid decision that these people are making right now. Like, why would you do this ever? Right? For any reason. Uh, anyhow. All right. Moving on, excessive heat warning here in the city of Utica. We're all sweating, bullets here in the studio, even with the windows open, even with the thunderstorm. Uh, Heather, how have you dealt with the excessive heat in your homestead? We, first of all, we were driving all day yesterday. Driving all day, so in the car. And, um, but... In the AC. Yeah, but it wasn't, coming from New Hampshire to here, and it was still not, our car couldn't get cold enough the whole time. 
that mm. we were driving. But anyway, mm. our house, only the upstairs is AC. The downstairs yeah. isn't, so it's hot. Mm. Like, I don't have any AC, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm this just, place is yeah. disgusting. I'm living like sauna life. I'm trying to sweat off some of this fat that I've accumulated in the wintertime. Uh, Kev lives AC lifestyle, so I can't really... We went I can tell that it's hot out because Kev's going to bed earlier to go into the room with the AC. And he's like, oh, 9.30, time to bed. I, I was like, oh, man, 10.30, I don't know. Oh, it's time to sleep, I don't know. Yeah, definitely not just going to sit here in the AC. I, know, I was home alone today, and I'm like, what do I do? Go upstairs to my room and just sit there. Like, what do <laughs> yeah. I do? It's so just, hot. Like, camp out, lock yourself <laughs> in, like a walk-in <laughs> cooler. My dad and his girlfriend invited me up to their house to go swimming, and I was like, I don't want to be in hot. the pool. It's I too hot. I just be somewhere in the pool. Be outside, your hot-ass water. No, that water is probably 98 degrees, 99 the sun's degrees. sun's on you? No. You'll burn. <laughs> yeah, no excessive heat warning. Uh, do you guys know what actually constitutes an extensive heat warning? I do now. Uh, <laughs> All this. 105 degrees heat index uh, for three or more hours for two days in a row. That's what constitutes excessive heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the record for today in Utica on July 2nd, as we record this, was 98 degrees, and it was in 1963. I looked this up today. Mm-hmm. So we're like four degrees off from the record heat we've ever had. So this is technically not as hot as it's ever been. So I guess that's something to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, no, hey. It doesn't look like it's going to get more cooler anytime soon either. It's, the other it's cooler out right now. But now it's 30 degrees hot. from yeah. 4 o'clock. It's like 70. But it's supposed to get hot tomorrow. They say tomorrow's supposed to be hot on Thursday, and then the weekend's supposed mm. to be awesome. Well, for 4th of July, it looks like it's going to be pretty hot. Do you guys have any particular plans for your 4th of July? Are you guys excited for this upcoming 4th of July at all? Oh, it'll be fine. I don't have any plans yet, but it's still a day or two away. We'll see what the people are doing. I feel like it's been so hot, no one wants to make plans. Everyone's just like, I'm too lazy to make plans. <laughs> I'm just going up north. But it's hard because my son passes out by 7.30, 8 o'clock. So, like, I don't get to see the fireworks. Um, <laughs> I don't get to see them. Well, don't worry. You'll see them every night for the next, like, four <laughs> days everywhere around the streets and in the neighborhood. I've noticed it nonstop. It's brutal. Um, I'm trying to load up this list I found of some really uh, interesting 4th of July traditions from around the country. Um it's loading very slowly because our internet is probably dead or down. Uh, but I start with an easy one from New York. This week coming up, Coney Island, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Maybe the most American 4th of July event. I hate our country. I, I actually, here's the thing about, okay, it's really lame. Like, I hate the Coney Island thing because, like, it's it's just so gross. Like, I, I like hot, but watching them do it is both impressive and also horrifying. So, but you don't have to watch. But you don't let them boys let them boys have their hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I say let them eat. They want to go to Coney Island on the fourth. I can't help watching it when it's on though. Uh, but that's a very New York one. That's classic New York. It's on TV. My son Joey Chestnut probably going to win it again. He's the guy who wins it every year. Uh, if you're living in South Carolina, they do a parade of boats, which sounds much more up my speed. That sounds that like sounds something boring. I could get behind. Uh, 125 registered parade entries in the boat last year. Since 1984, they've been doing this. I'm into that. Just a big boat parade through the inlets. We should do this in, um, we should do this in inlet and like up, uh, Old Forge. In Mexico, they have puberty rites that take place on the 4th of July. I need to hear this. Yeah, no, it's a coming of age ceremony for, for teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Separate the stages of life. So they do that on the 4th of July. In New England, this is less of a tradition. Apparently they just eat salmon. Salmon is a big thing. On the 4th of July in New England. Uh, seems like a downer. It's like turkey. <laughs> no, they're fish people. They're that's fish people out there. That's what they eat. They're not, they're not eating cow up there. They're eating whatever comes out of the ocean. This doesn't sound exciting, that's all. It's not very exciting. I bet people. they cook it up, though. Mm. 
like uh, salmon parade and festival and everything. This one sounds rough. In San Francisco, every year, the San Francisco Mime Troupe opens up their performing season on the 4th of July with a massive free show. So if you like mimes... No. Um, <laughs> nope, nobody likes mimes. All right, we'll move on. Uh, in New Orleans... The Essence Music Festival takes place every year on the 4th of July. I looked up the lineup this year. Janet Jackson, Mary J. Blige, Erica Badu, Jill Scott with okay. Snoop Dogg. Nice headline. I'd go to it. I'm into it. Um, and then last but not least, I think this is the last one at least. Uh, what do we got here? Oh, yeah. South Central Kentucky computer trap shooting. Uh, for about a decade now, a group of friends in South Central Kentucky have used the 4th of July as occasion to use electronic equipment, old computer monitors, as devices for skeet shooting. Basically, we're shooting these into the sky and shooting them with shotguns. Seems like the most American way I can think of of celebrating the 4th of July. <laughs> so if you have any weird 4th of July traditions, shout out at us on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever. You got any 4th of July stuff, Gaviers or did? What? We used to do fireworks <laughs> in my house, but just like wherever Sal could find back before fireworks were so readily available. Yeah, upstate. yeah. yeah. You can get them everywhere. Now you can get them everywhere. There's tents all over the place. They don't have any of the real stuff, though. You know any barbecue? I feel like that's the only thing I can really count on usually 4th of July. Somebody's some sort cooking of a barbecue. Out yeah, 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 yeah. Have that's some definitely. beers, eat some definitely. outdoor cooked food. That's all you really that's need to do. That's the best part. Uh, we've already gone too long. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Anthony Kennedy retiring. That seems Nightmare. like a mm-hmm. much... And a fraud. In a fraud. Sad mode. His son gave the president a billion dollar loan out of Deutsche Bank, the same Deutsche Bank from the Steele dossier. Is that real? I heard that's not real, though. Yeah, it's, yeah that's... Mm. I don't know. It's very he, sad. Yeah. Yeah, try to be a woman. Uh, <laughs> I feel kind of... Yeah, I know. I've seen a lot of that. Um, I'm not sure. I had a whole list of things. Do, you, do we want to talk about this more? I can, I can put it to the next segment if you guys want to talk about it. You want to in. What are we at, 20 minutes? Now, nah, let's, let's wait it off. We'll, we'll talk about it some other time. Um, let's get into this week's interview. Uh, I had a really nice interview with uh, Ben Burnell, who I have sort of been casual Twitter friends with on, uh, on sports things over the last few years. He works for the OD. He's the uh, sports reporter, sports columnist. He's very active on Twitter. You can follow him at OD underscore Burnell or his personal account, Minnesota Ben. Um, we had a really, really nice time. Look, this is a sports-heavy interview, certainly. Um, because he's he's the Comets headliner. We talk a lot about the World Cup. But we also talk a lot about journalism. You know, as he was doing this interview, it was the same time that the Capitol Gazette shooting had just sort of happened earlier in the day. And, yeah. you know, and he was really upset, you know, feeling concerned about the way that journalism and journalists are portrayed and what it means. And, and he was, it was clearly on his mind. So we will talk about that a little bit as well. Uh, he's also a gamer and he's into pro wrestling as well. So we got in a little bit of that at the end. So we talk about a lot of stuff that's not sports. But we are going to talk about sports, so just prepare yourself, okay? Uh, Thanks to Ben. Uh, Let's take a quick break. Get to the interview in just a moment. Professional platform that you tweet from. You're yep. obviously your OD underscore Brunel. Yep. Did I say that right? Is it Brunel? Yeah, if it's Brunel. Yep. Not Brunel, like no. Mark Brunel. Yeah, it's uh, when I was younger, a lot of people used to like mispronounce it, but yeah. actually, like in recent years, everyone seems to have 
somehow figured it out. So. With a last name like Famalaro over the years, I got pretty... I got pretty common with people screwing it up in yeah. ways that I would never imagine, right? They yeah. would find, like, you'd find some magical spelling, Mr. Flamalaro. I'm like, why yeah. did you change around all yeah. the letters? Like, does it... <laughs> it was always, like, Barnell and, like, <laughs> yeah. there were some weird ones that I can't even remember, but I'm just like, how did you even come up with that? So, uh, But you tweet from your personal, you have a personal Twitter, actually, yep. which is where we ended up yeah. discussing, and that's also where uh, GFOP listener of the show... Uh, Ryan is sweet. Yep. Uh, was tweeting at the Uticast <laughs> yeah. about bringing you on here. And to be fair, I had thought about having you on here before. Yeah. You're not the first OD person who's come yeah. on here. Uh, you know, Carrie had yep, been on Carrie. many times. Uh, Alex been on. Yep. Uh, Katie Giacovelli. Katie Giacovelli. Greg Mason turns me down all the time. <laughs> okay. I ask him constantly, and all he right. doesn't want to do it. Uh, right. I've told Carrie to to help yeah. me with that. Push him along, Carrie. Yeah, push him along. I told him, but he's a private guy. And I appreciate yeah. that. Yep. Um, but uh, it's interesting. So you have your personal Twitter and your work Twitter. Yeah. Do you feel like you need to separate the two of them? Well, I, I started the Minnesota Ben one mm-hmm. um, like 2010 sure. when I was still working in Binghamton. Um, when I first moved to New York, I lived in Binghamton, the Binghamton area, for about a year and a half. Oh, nice. I was okay. working at the paper down there. Yeah. And I wasn't using it at all for work then because I wasn't a writer. I was a <laughs> right. copy editor. So I started it then. And when I took the job... As, as a sports reporter at the OD, like, I just figured, well, I'm already 10,000 tweets right. into this, <laughs> and I've got, like, all these people I know from Minnesota that are all already following this. Let's just separate this hmm. and start the, you know, the OD Burnell account, yeah. which is what all the, like, the, all the handles for yeah, yeah. OD reporters have that. So I figured, let's just separate the two and hmm. go from there. And it seems to have worked out yeah. okay. Now, working for the OD, I would imagine that your primary sports topic is usually the Comets. I would yeah, imagine is yeah, probably number one. Yeah. Uh, would you say that hockey is your number, and the ice cream truck goes by <laughs> as you... This happens at like least, it. I would say once a week when okay. I'm doing the show or doing an interview, we get it's the ice cream ambience. man in the bag. It's nice. It lets you know we're alive and not like robots <laughs> to the synth world. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just finished watching Westworld and I'm All jaded right. by it. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I've heard good things, but... Yeah. We can talk about that. That's a multifaceted conversation. (laughs) Um, So I got to ask, hockey's your big primary. Would you say that hockey is your number one sport of choice personally as well? Yeah, I would say it's pretty close to baseball. I mean, I grew up playing baseball. I didn't play hockey growing up. Mm. Um, That's a whole other story, maybe for later. (laughs) Well, we're going to get into sports in a minute. I guess my question for you primarily is I've had lots of hockey people on here. I've had... Uh, you could come at uh, Coach Gary Heenan. I've yeah. had Ray Biggs. I've had lots of people yeah. who are close to the hockey world. Gary Archibald, yeah. come yeah. talk to me. And I still ask everybody to convince me what I'm missing. Why am I? Why do I have such a hard time with hockey as a basketball and, and soccer fan? What is? What am I missing? I think it's like it's always changing. Mm-hmm. Like you could have a team that you know, like the Comets, could be up you know two nothing, mm-hmm. three nothing, and suddenly you know the other teams yeah. got two goals and it's three, two and things are interesting. Like I was talking to, uh, Ken, the, uh, strength and conditioning coach sure. for the Comets during the playoffs. And this was the night after or the day after, uh, Reed Boucher had this huge goal, mm-hmm. like popped a water bottle. Um, and Comets were, you know, handling the Toronto Marlies pretty well. Yeah. And it got really loud. And I said, you know, is that, that's gotta be the loudest it's been in here in the past <laughs> couple of years. And he's like, you know, there was that game against Albany in the playoffs a few years back where they were up five to nothing, mm-hmm. and the Comets scored a couple goals to get back into it, and Albany had to uh, take a timeout. Mm. And he's like, "That was the moment I remember it being like the absolute <laughs> loudest in here." And I mean, that place can get loud sometimes, 
So, um, you know, going back to it, it's, it's always changing. So, mm. you know, you're always getting something kind of different. And I think the speed mm. and the yeah. skill of a lot of these guys, like mm. you see some of these, they're 20 years old and they're yeah. like doing things with a stick and a puck that mm. I could only imagine mm. like trying to do that. <laughs> I can maybe pull off in a video game. Yeah, or something. Yeah. So I think that's one of the, the mm. biggest things. A couple months back, I went on a big Twitter or a big Facebook post that probably got the most comments I've ever put for anything, including okay. for the show, where yeah. I sort of trollingly ranked the sports. Okay. And I, at the very end, I put like uh, playoff hockey number nine, okay. car crash number 10, <laughs> like regular season hockey number 11. And it was primarily a troll job just okay. to get people like, because yeah. I, because basically I'd seen a lot of people like talking about like yeah. the NHL playoffs. I'm like, God, yeah. I don't care about this <laughs> yeah. at all. But I, I will say, and the one thing I always end up talking about with hockey, and I've said it a million times before, of all the sports, it is the one that gets the its knees cut out from it the most by being transferred from live to television. Watching a hockey game live yeah. really helps you understand oh, yeah. the speed and the pace yeah. that the game is yeah. played. And when you watch it on TV, the camera's moving, you're moving yeah. along. There's a lot of things. It doesn't. It sort of takes away some of the sting for how talented these guys really are. Sometimes a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, watching it live. I mean, you yeah. just you get a sense of you know everything's happening. You've got line changes. You've got you know guys going mm-hmm. after a puck. You've got you know, every everything's happening yeah. all at once. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's fun like at the odd watching games yeah. because you get a goal and everybody mm. is on their feet. Oh, yeah. You're yelling and everything. Mm. I went to St. Cloud State. Mm. They've got a division one hockey program, um, and it's a huge arena and they've they've got some passionate fans too. And yeah. it got loud during those games too, but it's like and it's a little bit bigger building. Yeah. But it's nothing that I ha like I've never experienced anything like I have at the audit hockey games, and it's it's fun to watch. Uh, we're gonna get into a lot of you comments talk as we get farther on, but uh, I guess first of all, let's let's get a little bit to know about you, Ben. Uh, so, as a professional journalist, I try and do my <laughs> my training before you yep. come in here. Yep. Uh, but because we're not, I added you as a Facebook friend. Okay. Uh, but I don't know if uh, we responded in enough time for me to like look through all the stuff. So okay. I have some general information. You were originally from. Farmington, Minnesota. I am. Yep, that's uh, it's just south of the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. And when we share this, I guarantee you'll have the most Minnesota views <laughs> listens because my mom. Yeah. My mom has a limo service. Like she mm. drives around, picks up people, drops them off and stuff. And my mom loves it when I do yeah. like interviews and stuff because she's oh, like, yeah. "Hey, random person at the gas station, mm. listen to my son. He's on the, <laughs> the radio." So I got to give my mom a shout out there. Of course. Hi, Ben's uh, mom. Uh. <laughs> so I grew up. South of the Twin Cities. Mm, very nice. Um, so like half an hour from Minneapolis-St. Paul. Yeah, yeah. Like 20 minutes from the Mall of America for mm-hmm. people that yeah. maybe don't know their Minnesota geography. Sure. So, um, yeah, grew up around there. Nice. And uh, Farmington, when we moved, when I was three, we moved down there. How big of a city are we talking about, Farmington? Talking like Utica size? Smaller. 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 When mm-hmm. we moved down there, it was 5,000 people. 5,000, wow. Yeah, okay. and the, the road outside our housing development was two lanes. Mm. It's grown a lot in sure. since like I've grown up and moved away. Um, now, I believe the population is around twenty five thousand. Yeah, um, and like there were two elementary schools mm-hmm. when I went. You know, when I was going to school, and now they're like five or six. Oh yeah, it's it's huge. I mean, it's <laughs> it's everyone moving out to the suburbs. Like you've got you know other towns around there that are a lot bigger than Farmington is. So. Now, you stayed in Farmington through high school, college, did you? High school, yeah, uh, and college. I mean, I went to St. Cloud State, like I said, it's it's about an hour and a half north of where I live. Right. So, I mean, it was like 
far enough away. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, far enough away where they're not knocking your door every 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, like, after I graduated, I stayed in St. Cloud for mm. a couple of years working at the newspaper there, yeah. the St. Cloud Times, uh, as a sports reporter and a copy editor, mm. page designer. Um, so I was there until in St. Cloud until 2009 when I moved to New York. Were you doing any sorts of uh, journalism at that time, high school, school paper, kind of things like Actually, that? Actually, I did. That's, did yeah. uh, I got involved my senior year of high school. Like, I was all set to, like, go to a completely different college for, yeah. like, business administration or something. Business media. I had no idea what I wanted to do. <laughs> and I just decided, I like, you know, I like writing and I like sports. And, you know, I joined the school newspaper mm-hmm. and I also worked for the, the town newspaper, too. Yeah. Um, and you know, my advisor for the paper at the time, she was like, you know, if this is something you want to keep doing, you might want to go to St. Cloud State cause they're accredited Yeah. and you know, they've got a good student newspaper and stuff. And so I said, okay, I'll do that. And hmm. took a tour of St. Cloud State and loved it. And it's like one of the best decisions I think nice. I've ever made. What's the nickname for you guys? The St. Cloud? They uh, are the Huskies. The Huskies. Very yes. nice. And actually there is a Utica, <laughs> like St. Cloud connection yeah. in that. Herb Brooks mm. yeah, coached yeah. both both the Utica Devils and he coached yeah, yeah. at uh, St. Cloud State. I was just reading about the Utica. I was just thinking about the Utica Devils today because uh, former Utica Devil Martin Brodeur yep. just got accepted into the NHL Hall of Fame. Yep, right. Hockey, yep, Hockey Hall of Fame. That was actually how I tweeted it yeah. when it when it was announced. Former Utica Devil Mar- Martin <laughs> Brodeur. Yeah. He spent like I don't know 20, 30 games here. I think there's something to think about that too. You know, growing up as a, I'm, I don't know what year you were born. I'm born in '86, okay. so I'm about 32. Uh, same time, yeah, about right at the same time. So yeah. you're, you're in that era. You know, I was in Utica for the Devils. My dad really liked yeah. it, and I remember there being a buzz for Devils games back then. Yeah. And I also remember when the Devils left, all the weird, sort of intermediate hockey teams that came to fill oh, the yeah. void. Right, your yeah. Utica Bulldogs, your Utica Blizzard, uh, the Mohawk Valley Prowlers. By the way. I actually still like the logos for the Blizzard oh, and the yeah. Prowlers. I think I've people. seen those, and I was like, those are... They're pretty good. Pretty good. I like them. Um, I always say, though, that, you know, and I'm a Utica College alumni, so you can call yeah. me a homer if you want. Okay. Um, uh, I do think that it was the Utica College hockey success at the oh, odd yeah. that sort of opened up this idea that we could bring hockey back in yeah. here in a big way. And I don't know how much... I don't know how true that is necessarily, or it's just a feeling. I think it has... Hmm. I, I think it has a little bit to do with it. I mean, yeah. they're... they're I don't know how many season ticket holders they have, but I mean they were drawing thousands of people oh, for yeah. games and stuff. Mm. So I think that's that's mm. part of it. I think having Rob Ash be from the area, yeah. uh, wanting to kind of help bring hockey, pro hockey back, yeah. I think had a, mm. a little bit to do with it. I mean there were other people involved, like you know Frank DuRoss and stuff oh, yeah. like that. So he's a great guy. Yes, yeah, like I've Frank. talked to Frank yeah. a few times. Yeah, Frank's a good dude. Yep. Uh, now, speaking of the Comets coming back, when did you initially come to Utica? I'm trying to figure out the timeline here, because Comets are 2013. When was your first year working for the OD? Uh, it would have been April 2011. So you were there before uh, the uh, Comets came yeah, in. Yep. What was your like daily run like before the Comets came in? Well, I was a copy editor. Yeah, okay. Um, like, I moved from, after I moved from Binghamton, I was at, like a copy editor in Binghamton at the paper there, and then... Uh, there was a job opening here and I took it. Yeah, my, yeah. At that yeah. time, uh, I was dating my now wife for a couple months. Oh, congratulations. She, she <laughs> works, actually, she works at the paper too. Huh. Um, so it helps out. I mean, we're at sure. the same place. Anyway, Certainly. so they ended up having a, an opening and I, I took it. So I yeah. uh, was a copy editor for about 
a little more than four years until John Pitteresi retired. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's uh, another one I've talked about trying to get on the show in the past. Yeah. He's, he's a, a talker. He, oh, yeah. He'd I've have heard an that. extended episode. <laughs> I've heard. Well, to this day, I still say Genesee Joe is the longest single episode we've ever had. So okay. anyone who wants to come on and try and break that hour and seven minutes. Hour and seven minutes. Right. And that was like an hour and 12, but just an like hour, and, hour and three minutes just him talking. <laughs> I just was like facilitating questions yeah. for 30 yeah. seconds. Uh, well, I guess the reason I, I ask is, you know I mean? Like, the comment stuff does seem to dominate conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I do cover like, uh, you know, anything Utica College, like football. You, yeah, yeah. Um, do you, you know, feel, what? yeah, do you feel like you, do you ever get a chance to cover like national stuff in your own way? Or is that mostly like AP stuff now? It's mostly like AP stuff. Yeah. Like, if we'll get... You know, baseball Hall of Fame is like an hour away. Yeah. So if they have one of their, you know, the, one of their inductees yeah. show up yeah. for a tour and stuff, and then an interview, like I'll go sometimes and do that. I mean, I've interviewed Tony Larusa. Oh, nice. And yeah. Randy Johnson. Nice. Uh, Jim Tomey was just there, and oh, he's actually he's like a chill dude. He was awesome. Yeah. Um, he hugged the guy that does the tour, <laughs> and the guy that does the tour, his name escapes me now, but he was like, I've never had anyone hug me before. So I thought that was a cool moment, and it's like I was waiting before um, to go in to do the interview, and I think Jim had come up the stairs from the, the basement to <laughs> yeah. looking at artifacts and stuff, and he stopped and greeted the uh, receptionist, yeah. which I guess I wasn't expecting, but it was a nice little like nice little moment to see. Oh yeah, and it's nice you, you hear about Jim Tomey and you hear these like this really nice guy and stuff, and it's just nice mm. to see that at least. In those moments that I, I saw him, he seemed... Well, it's always interesting because you get these impressions of people based on what you see of them on, like, small bits and pieces. But, like, uh, I always think of, like, my dad one time met John Flaherty. He was, like, backup catcher for the Yankees once, yep. somewhere. Yeah. Right, and John Flaherty's not a huge celebrity yeah. where, you know, but for someone like my dad, the fact that he recognized this guy... And this guy talked to him for five minutes yeah. like a human being. It meant a lot because yeah. I don't think a lot of people get that impression. Like you're going to talk yeah. to an athlete and they're going to give you yeah. five, ten minutes of being human. Yeah. Right? Like it's yeah. not... it's it's. I think it's a lot of people are just like, I want a picture or an autograph and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Like I, I went to uh, Jets camp just as a fan. Oh, nice. Uh, when they were still in Cortland. Are you a Jets fan, eh? Um, not really. I just I wanted say, to go and see <laughs> training camp. Like, I don't really have a favorite NFL team as an aside. Yeah. But I went because it, it seemed like, hey, you know, I'm living, at that time I was yeah. still living in Binghamton. So, um, I figured, why not go? <laughs> why not? And so it was cool. I mean, uh, this is when Mark Sanchez and, and. Oh, Mark Sanchez. Like, I'm trying to remember who else was there, but I mean, I, I got Danny Woodhead's autograph. Yeah, Danny Woodhead. He was, he was still in training camp. But, I mean, I still have the Jets t-shirt with <laughs> okay. his autograph on it. But there was one, and I won't. I, I don't want to call him out because, yeah, whatever. He wouldn't sign. Oh yeah, uh, but he signed for everyone around me. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Strawberry once did that to me at a. Uh, what the, oh God, was it the Columbus Clippers? He was on like an injury thing, and he was coming back okay. with the Yanks, and he was playing with yeah. Columbus, yeah. and uh, came to the Sky Chiefs game. And they were playing in the Sky Chiefs, and he was there, yeah. and he would not sign my autograph, and yeah. I. I want to say I shouted some sort of, like, young, like, oh, it's uh, cocaine. So, you know what I mean? Like, just yelled something yeah. at him about, like, I know yeah. a thing about you on the internet. Yeah. Um, it's one of the few times that, like, I've had actually had, like, a, a chance yeah. to, like, ask someone mm. for an autograph because I don't do it now because well, it's working and stuff. Yeah, it's right? You know, being professional and you don't ask for autographs. And... If you want to ask for my autograph, this it's okay. Okay, well, <laughs> take, yeah, I'll take that at some point. Now, let me, let me ask you this question. Uh... You get, we sort of said you grew up same sort of age range that yep. I did. Um, I'm yeah, 34. So. 30, yeah, you're same yeah. vibes, right? Yeah. And I always think of sports writing as in a very transitional time yeah. at that period. 
Yeah. I grew up, you know, trying to steal copies of like the sporting news from my dad yeah. or reading Sports Illustrated. And I always think like I would read the Rick Riley things in the background. And now when I read them, I'm kind of like, ugh, Rick yeah. Riley. But you know what I mean? And then there was seems to be I always look at Bill Simmons and like the ESPN two uh, or ESPN's page two they would yeah. do in the internet writing. What was was there sort of a middle ground for you? Did you like the older sports avenues of like reading out of the magazines? Did you lean into the internet when it came out? Were you just sort of engaging in everything? I was I think engaging in like everything. I yeah. mean I remember when ESPN the magazine first came out. Like yes. my parents got me a subscription yep. for it. Like I I have the first issue somewhere. <laughs> yeah, at it was my, a big deal at my mom's yeah. house. Yeah. Uh, I had a, I think I had a Sports Illustrated uh, subscription for a while too. I don't anymore. Uh, but like, I, I mean, obviously reading anything and everything I can, mm. um, you know, books, you know, everything like that. I think the format, unfortunately, no longer works. To have a monthly sports magazine, you sort of get forced into writing about big picture stuff. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people want that like instant minutia now of every yeah. game, right? Like, I mean, I, it's Sports Illustrated, I think. Sports Illustrated and ESPN are, are doing that with their online yes. kind of things, too. So mm. they've they've embraced that a lot. Well, it's interesting. Like, I think about the World Cup, right? World Cup's going on yeah. right now, and I listen to about three different soccer podcasts, yeah. right? And every day they got to put out like a 15-minute podcast oh, because yeah. every day's worth of content is no longer good the next yeah, day because yeah. there's new games coming out. Yeah. It just becomes so much in yeah. this current era. Yeah. Um, I just wonder. There's I, a lot of podcasts out there, too. I mean, it's like... The podcast, unfortunately, and well, fortunately and unfortunately, I'm very glad that people like the format. Yeah. Uh, but like, unfortunately for podcasts, like now it seems like it's really easy to do, right? You can do it on your own time. Yeah. That's not easy when you have to produce everything, mind you. I say that yeah. as I've spent like an hour and a half prepping for even this, right? But yeah. Um, like the accessibility of it, I think is a is a word I'm looking for. Yeah. It, it's there, and you know, it's interesting when JJ Reddick, who's an NBA star can make his podcast on his own time. It's like, well, this guy's an athlete yeah. and a podcast, so you can get the insight of an athlete who's playing now. It's yeah. a level of access that yeah. we didn't quite have yeah. 20 years ago, right? Look at, like, the, the blog, like, the Players' Tribune. Players' Tribune, yes, Wait, another one. I, and I know people have talked about, like, well, that might be a you know ghostwriter who did that or whatever. But, yeah, whatever. I mean, you're still getting, you know, stories from athletes that you yeah. maybe not might not be able to find out about. Because well, it seems like there's an interest, and I've talked with, uh, I talked with, Katie Giacovelli about this when she was on last time about what the what's the right formula in this digital age, right? You get you get these websites. I always go to like Bleacher Reports of the World and yeah. uh, SB Nation, and yeah. they put out a lot of content. Yeah. But there's no guarantee that the content they put out is anything more than a fan post, or that yeah. even the actual contributors are getting compensated properly for what they're doing. In yeah. particular, with like SB Nation, they've had like issues with that in the past. Yeah. But then you don't want to be like something like the Athletic, which is like we're gonna. This is subscription only. Like, there's yeah. got to be a middle ground somewhere in the yeah. way. I thought ESPN used to do a pretty good job of it with, like, their insider type yeah. thing. But I used to have the insider account, I too, used to have it as well, and now it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's necessary yeah. anymore, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think a lot of it, too, is just social media, right? Like, Twitter. Everything's yeah. out there on social media. Everything. I mean, I, I use that all the time, you know, my work account. Sometimes I'll share my own stories from my, yeah. you know, my personal Twitter, too, but... Like I'm, I'm constantly sharing my stories. Like, hey, read this. Like, because I don't know if people are going, you know, to the website or what, how they're, you know, what their habits it's are. It's weird because I, I, you know, I think about it sometimes. I, I go back and forth. You know, I'll read it from my phone. Sometimes if I'm on the OD on Twitter, yep. I'll read it on the website. Uh, sometimes if I find an OD around my mom's house because I don't keep the the physical paper anymore. Yeah. But you know, 
it, there's a lot of different avenues, and you got to wonder like what is the most profitable and what is the most easily accessible for people. Yeah, and that's a. Uh... That's someone for a higher pay grade <laughs> than me, I guess. I, I mean, I, I get I get both sides of it. I think the newspaper is important. The actual physical newspaper is important, and I think I mean, uh, the the website's important too. But it's like it, trying to find that middle ground is because you have to find different, especially in a town like this, sixty thousand people in this city, right? Yeah. There are like swaths of influence that sort of existed in yeah. this weird way, right? Like I feel like we have a really nice, at least from a podcast perspective. We have a nice connection with the Facebook crowd and the Instagram crowd and yep. the Twitter crowd. Yep. But I don't know what kind of response we get from like the traditional media yeah. crowd because those folks don't really listen to podcasts. And yeah. I wonder sometimes how do you break into that that other group of media like thing that's there, right? That's a question I ask. Like a lot we're uh, we're working on doing like podcasts and stuff. Yeah. Like uh, one of my colleagues, Mark Wall Slaughter, is, yeah. is he does like a sports one and I sat in with him, uh, one of them we were talking about uh, Utica City FC and yeah, yeah. a little bit about that and hmm. I was chiming in about other things too uh, that he wanted to talk about so like it's kind of stretching into that area and it's like there are things that I'll write that'll yeah. just go online only right, like, right. kind of as a blog maybe a little yeah. bit you uh, excited about Utica City FC by the way I am yeah, I think it's I, I think uh, with the refugee population yes I think that's going to be huge mm. um, and it's something different like that I looked at the numbers, and I don't remember exactly top, off the top of my it's head. It's like 80-something dollars for season tickets. I'm it's pretty say. good yeah, it's for pretty, like 12, yeah. 12 games, and they're all going to be or mostly played on, mm. on Sundays, which I think right. and, and doesn't start until September, so you're a little bit already into the football season. So yeah, you don't exactly. Have to completely worry about it. But I think I, I think it has, has the possibility of working. Um, I mean, I know the league in the past, they've, they've mentioned it hasn't been exactly – you know, uh, great track record, I guess. Yeah, um, and if, if people want to dig into that, I know that yeah. Justin from Made in Utica wrote a very. I actually gave him credit. I usually give him a hard time for being sort of a sort of a negative Nancy sometimes, <laughs> uh, but I actually thought he did a pretty uh, pretty decent job of like doing his journalistic research on that piece yeah. in general. And I guess the thing that I I get, I'm never going to knock a new uh, a new thing that people in Utica can get excited about. Yeah. I, again, I remember yeah. the days of the Prowlers yeah. and the and and the and the, yeah. the Blizzard when that was the only game in town. Yeah. And uh, and it was it was dark times if you like sports around here. Yeah. Uh, I do think it it's sort of like it's hard for me to I've never seen arena soccer, right? Yeah, like I haven't even, that's yeah, the part I that either. I think is the thing to me that's like okay, I have to look a little bit yeah. at what this game is about. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, the soccer that I remember playing that I got when I fell in love with soccer in my early 20s. Yeah. I was playing with Ecuadorian dudes at restaurants I worked with, yeah. right? So, like, soccer is a yeah. weird game that sort of... It, it's a game that pulls people together regardless of the format yeah. in which and you I, play and it, And I right? think it's, like, arena soccer, I think, is a little bit quicker, too. Yeah, it's very like, fast I mean, obviously, yeah. they use, like, the boards mm. and stuff to, you know, create passes and, mm. you know, create plays and stuff like that. So, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. I hope I'm so. I'm interested too. to see how it, how it does. Mm. I know it had... A little bit of trouble in in Syracuse, so I mean, you, I you, you don't know, you know, you don't know what goes on in Syracuse, though. With like, you know, Syracuse is a big population as well, but you know, look, it's the same thing I've had arguments with before. If if the team comes in for let's say three years, right, and the crowds are into it and people are enjoying it, and even after three years, like ah, we're gonna we can't afford to stay here. Yep. It's not like those three years were invalidated, right? Yep. I, I always think about this with the Comets thing. This is the one that I always go back to. People love the Utica Devils, yep. right? People love the Utica Comets. They've been here yeah. since 2013. Yep. I think from the natural scheme of business, right? And I always think about this as a as a logistics thing. I know that the Canucks 
really enjoy the Comets in terms of their connection with the social media, yeah. their really nice connection with uh, the teams. They, they have a nice uh, rapport, yeah. right? Yeah. At the end of the day, they still have to fly a guy in from across the country yeah. on, on whatever that flight yeah. is if they yeah. want to bring guys in. Yeah. I wonder if, without the Comets license, if they went back to, like, the Devils or the New York Rangers or something like that, people yeah. would still be into it? Or is the Comets thing become its own sort of animal right would we be, able to, we be able to replicate it i guess the different team yeah i mean i don't think it at the end of the day i don't think it really matters who the, the affiliate is right right i think people love hockey so much around here yeah when you get you hear the words hockey hotbed tossed around a lot hmm. i mean obviously you got clinton down the road that just won yeah, hockeyville exactly. usa and is getting you know an That's nhl crazy, game wasn't it that was, was awesome was to see. i was so happy that happened i i figured it <laughs> might happen but then i saw you know shreveport Louisiana's involved, and I'm like, yeah. well, okay, that's a huge city. Yeah. But then I'm like, the support that they're getting, I mean, mm. you've got Guy Bear and you've got Stan mm. Fischler getting behind it saying, like, you know, vote for Clinton. Mm. So, like, I think I think hockey is huge around here, and I, I think whoever, you know, the affiliate is, I mean, obviously Vancouver's done done well, you know, with the guys that they have here. I, I think it's a popular thing regardless. Uh, I want to ask you a question about... Uh, Premier League soccer, because okay. I happen to notice on your personal uh, page that you are a Tottenham fan. I am a Tottenham fan. Interesting. Very I, interesting. Uh, maybe leaning more toward casual than maybe hardcore. Casual. That's um, fine. I'm still getting getting into soccer, mm. I think. Like, for yeah. a while, like, I was like, why would anybody want to watch soccer? And then I, like, <laughs> I don't know what the tipping point was. It might have been... I was going to ask. I was curious. Was there, like, a moment where you were watching this? You're like, I want to know more about this. It right? might have been the women's... Uh, U.S. team and their run. I mean, they're excellent. Yeah, like yeah. that. That I, I think I can remember. You know, like hey, I want to follow Abby Wambach on mm. Twitter. I want to follow Alex Morgan. I want to follow Sydney Larue. Well, I follow um, all of them. They're I mean, I, yeah, I that whole team. <laughs> I I started to follow and I still follow them. Um, I think that might have been mm. kind of like the moment. And like Premier League had always been a kind of like. <clears throat> in the back of my mind yeah. kind of thing. Like, I knew who Wayne Rooney was, and I knew, you yeah. know, obviously David Beckham, like, sure. doesn't know who David Beckham is. Yeah, he was a star, yeah. And, the first transcendent star. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, like, I know those guys and stuff, and I think that's when it started. Like, when I first got into Premier League, I was like, you know, I'll be a fan of Man U. Man U, yeah. I think I saw a video hmm. of, like, a kid, I think they might have been in Seattle on some yeah. cross-country trip, hmm. or U.S. trip, and they stopped the bus and let some kid on, mm. uh, signed autographs and everything. And I was like, you know, man, you seems like a good mm. team. So I'll be a fan of them. And then I was like, well, you know, this is like the best team in the Premier League. Like, I need to yes. find, like, maybe not something that's so, like, great <laughs> all the time. And so I think I remember seeing, like, a NBC sports thing that was like, here, pick a Premier yeah. League team. And I was like, okay, I'll read this. And I was like... Uh, maybe Liverpool, and I. Th- you're a Liverpool. I'm a big time Liverpool fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and then I know, it was around the time that uh, DeAndre Yedlin was Yedlin, on the, yes. the the U.S. Men's National Team. Yeah, the left back. I, like I liked his yeah, game, yeah. and I was like, hmm. and then he he ended up signing with Tottenham, and I was like, yeah. you know what? I'll I'll pick this team, and obviously they've got Harry Kane. So Yedlin. Oh, Harry Kane's excellent. He's, He's great to watch. Um, and I think what's funny about Harry Kane is Harry Kane fell into the trap that a lot of European footballers fall into, which is, like, he's amazing, but he's an English dude who plays in England, so he never gets the cred of somebody like a Messi or a a Neymar or even, like, a guy like Mo Salah who comes into the Premier League and is this 
like transcendent figure that people yeah. were like, oh, look, this guy's amazing, right? Yeah. Harry Kane scored 20-plus goals for three and a half, four years now, I think, four it's, straight seasons in a row. It's fun to watch him play. And there's still people who were like, hey, you never know. It's like, do you not know now? But yeah. you know by now? I mean, I, like, hmm. I bought the SI's uh, World Cup preview. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I, they had different covers for it, and I think I saw it was Mo Salah that was on... Guys. On the cover that I saw, and I was like, "Okay, I'll go buy this." And then I saw at Barnes and Noble that Harry huh. Kane was on it. I'm like, "I'm buying the Harry Kane cover." <laughs> have you enjoyed the World Cup, by the way? I have. I haven't watched it nearly as much as I would like mm-hmm. to, but I'm like, you know, I hope I hoped that Iceland would have made it farther. Like I was rooting for Iceland. Uh, I think I'm gonna root now for uh, England and for maybe Croatia, just because Croatia's got amazing. Some- Sweet jerseys. Those kits are unreal. That you know, now that Nigeria is out of it, those Nigeria kits one. were amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the funny part. I, you know, my my roommate Kev, who does the the show with me, uh, he's not really a big soccer fan. He sort of is forced to be a bystander while I watch soccer, yeah. right? And um, you know, he's watched a lot of these with me, and he's been relatively entertained, I think, for the yeah. most part. Yeah. And what I find fascinating about this World Cup in particular, you know, especially because there's no U.S. Yeah. A lot. For as exciting as the games have been, there's been these crazy games and shifts of momentum yeah. and last chance scores. Most of the traditional teams have actually won, with the exception yeah. of Germany. Yeah. Like England's through, Spain's through, Argentina's through, yeah. you know, France is through. Like all the best teams actually yeah. did make it through. There were actually less upsets than you would expect outside of this outrageous Germany loss. Which... Yeah, it hasn't. It's not like the you know NCAA tournament where you, no. you're going to get like upsets. It's like traditionally. With the little bit of time that I've watched soccer and kind of paid attention to the the whole world stage, your traditional powers are always yeah. usually going to win, and that's I mean that's good. But you know it's it's fun to watch the Iceland's of the world, you know, tie against Iceland. Yeah. you know Argentina. That was huge. I thought. Well, I think too what's what's interesting about it is you know I read the Iceland thing uh, that they're the smallest nation ever yep. to qualify for this World Cup. Yep. And during their first game, 99.7% of the country was watching the game. Like, that kind of support is mind-blowing. Especially for people I know who have spent this World Cup outside of the U.S., my friends of mine who live in Europe or who are out there doing their thing, the way they treat the World Cup is very different than they do in in the United States. I had a co-worker, actually, in Iceland during their their first couple games, and she was posting pictures all around, and she she posted one picture. They were in a store, and... uh, so, it said something like we're closed because of the World Cup games. <laughs> yeah. on. She's like she posted another picture of like the whole like all the employees just watching the TV as it was happening, and I'm like that is amazing. Like you'll it's... you'll get the like the U.S. women going yeah. back to that when they had you know uh, it was Rapino's uh, yeah Mega Rapino yeah the that goal um, and you you've got the everyone excited video oh, yeah. celebration videos. It's. I, I one day I would love to see. I mean, obviously you're not going to get the whole country sure. to watch, you know, soccer at once. But yeah. it's it's fun to see stuff like yeah. Iceland, you know, and everyone stopping. It's like that for hockey in Minnesota. Yeah, sure, uh, sure, sure. Like high school hockey is huge. Yeah, in yeah. Minnesota. Okay, like, they sell out huh. where the Wild play. Nice. Yeah, with Minnesota. Like, yeah, you'll get the big school, the big high school hockey schools. Uh, they'll sell out like eighteen thousand people for really? for the championship game for the state tournament. It's and the games are on TV. It's mm. it's cool to see. Are you a are you a Minnesota Wild fan? I am. So you bought into the Minnesota Wild. Was it was it tough for you to like buy into a new expansion team coming in? Well, they came in in two thousand. So like I was, 
So you, were I you was both, like 16 at the time, so it was like, hey, so hockey. You, were you a Minnesota North Stars fan growing up? You were in the t-shirt now, but I say they were probably gone. Nope, I actually went to one game. You went to one they, game, okay. When they moved, I was like eight, my dad took me. I, I yeah. want to say the game was either against the Sabres or the Blues. Oh, the I, yeah. I can't remember which now. I mean, it was so long ago. Um, I remember being like, you know, I was so young, you know, eight, nine, ten years old when they left that I was like, I don't really understand what's happening. Mm. So, I mean, I knew they were leaving and, you know, obviously weren't going to have a team anymore. Yeah. So when the Wild came in, I thought it was excellent just because hockey is so huge there. And, I mean, everybody loves the Wild. It's such a huge thing. Uh, and, of course, we're talking to uh, Observer Dispatch, sports reporter. Is that your fo- What's your full title? Sports, sports reporter? Sports guy? Sports guy. <laughs> sports guy. I like sports guy, yeah. <laughs> uh, not Bill, to take away from Bill Simmons. Not, but. of course. Now, i got to ask you a question. Two things. Yep. Uh, these are primarily... Well, let's start with this one. This one's a little bit more... A heavier question, okay. right? I saw you today. You were, you know, tweeting a lot of responses to what happened in Maryland today. Very yeah. sad. Yeah. Uh, you work in the newspaper industry. You yep. work with a lot of journalists, a yeah. lot of people who are affected by this. Yeah. Does it feel like, and I know it's probably different as a sports reporter necessarily, but not necessarily. Does it feel like a scary time to be a journalist in the way that people see the media and portray the media? I think it can be just yeah. because you've got, you know, things like, Journalists are the enemy, and you right. you see yeah. T-shirts that hmm. basically advocate for yeah. violence, I guess, yeah. against journalists. And yeah. I mean, there you know you look at you know Mexico and mm. other parts of the world where you know journalists are being killed. For, yeah, Russia, and yeah, for whatever you know reason. And I it, I think it can be. I mean, like I I tweeted, you know, pe- mm. journalists are people too. Yeah, and I think a lot of that sometimes gets gets lost. Yeah, um, for whatever reason. Uh, I mean, we are people too. We you know. We come up with these stories on our own, and you know, we 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 talk to people. Um, you know, we want their story. To me, I don't I don't want a good soundbite. I want a good story. Right. Exactly. I'm not out to you know make anyone out to be a bad person. I just I want a good story. I want to tell someone's story. There's this impression I think sometimes that the the media. This is the impression that they'd like to. And I say they. I mean a particular subset of our political uh, sphere would like to portray the media as this bad guy this negative thing like digging up all the stuff but in my opinion growing up like the idea of the journalist and the media was to dig into these things yeah. that people were not going to tell you the truth about like it yeah. was it wasn't a bad thing to ask questions in that era and i think now no one wants to ask questions well and it's like you look at like say watergate for instance yeah, yeah. would we have ever found out about watergate if yeah. someone hadn't said i'm gonna go talk to this this journalist and journalists kept digging about it yeah. like that was a huge thing in our history, hmm. and journalists were a huge part of that. And you know, I, I get their various arguments for it and against, hmm. but still, like, hmm. that's that's a big reason for journalism. Like, you, you're looking into things and making hmm. sure the world runs correctly. All right, that was heavy stuff. Uh, <laughs> so let me I'm gonna get into some nerd stuff before we okay. get into our lightning round question. Uh, and I'm gonna start with three uh, nerd based things. All right. Number one. Yep. You happen to mention on your Twitter stream a couple days ago, maybe it was today. Uh, it was the 20th anniversary of Mick Foley getting Mick Foley fo- getting tossed off, off the, the cage. Yeah. yeah, you may have noticed I'm a big wrestling fan. We have all sorts of wrestling paraphernalia. I had around. that uh, that Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy. Oh yeah, I had <laughs> so many fights in my living room with that. I my mom. I can't believe that I my mom let me get away with how many times I full scale elbow dropped off the couch onto the living room floor. Like I and I never got hurt. I never understood. Like as a kid, you can just do that thing. I guess. My dad and I had like wrestling matches when I was like oh, six, yeah. seven years old. Mm. Obviously not anything like, 
you know, I'm going to hit you with this or anything. But, oh, no. Uh, but then, like, growing up, like, I was a big wrestling fan. We used to get, like, the pay-per-views all the time. I'd oh, have I friends still do. over. My mom would make <laughs> us pizza, and we'd watch it. And, uh, you know, it's I was a huge wrestling fan growing up. Like, uh, you know, I went to ECW shows, too, oh, wow, as a teenager. Man. Like, I met nice. RVD. Really? After one yeah. show. That was cool. Lance Storm came out nice. after that, too. Was... I did the Ring of Honor thing when I was in New York when I was down there okay. a lot. But that was as close as I ever yeah. got to do, like, the indie wrestling. But that's a whole... Like, yeah. the ECW in that era was, like, a hot ticket. That yeah, was wild. Yeah, I, I had uh, floor seats for a God, pay-per-view, man. too, Crazy. in St. Paul. Um, like, Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know Mikey he's Whipwreck. still wrestling. <laughs> like, I just saw around. him the other day tweet, and I was like, I can't believe that guy's still wrestling. Mm-hmm. I remember him from when I was a teenager. Like, I went to a uh, WCW Nitro taping. Yeah. Uh, I saw The Rock one time at a house show sing Heartbreak Hotel. Yes. Because, like, some random woman jumped into the (laughs) ring after, like, he was the main event that night. And the match ended, and this random woman just jumped into the ring, and he's just like, hold on. And he, like, stopped security, and he just started (laughs) singing to her. And I was like, this is incredible. But going back to Mick Foley, I think, yeah, I did tweet that today, Uh, like, that still blows my mind. Even listening to the, you know, JR's call, oh, obviously yeah. he's my over God, the top a little bit, but like, you know what though? I think that sometimes when I watch the current product and I still do watch current product, I wonder how many moments I've been spoiled because Michael Cole does not have the same gravitas that JR would yeah. add. You know, JR could say something outrageous yeah. and he many times did, yeah. uh, but you believed him. You've had that earnestness. And yeah. whereas I watch now, I'm like, Michael Cole sounds like he's reading off of a yeah. promo that they told him, read these lines, pal. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, Jim Ross is obviously passionate, and there's a reason why, like, you know, oh, my God, he killed him, comes up into, like, yeah. different sports clips. And <laughs> exactly. Um, but that match, I mean, if you would have told me they were going to throw that guy off, you know, and mm. that was going to be a huge moment, I never would have, you know, believed it. But I was 14 at the time, too, and then seeing that, you're like, oh, yeah. are you are you kidding me? Like... <laughs> How, how are you going to walk tomorrow? Well, i got to ask you this because it seems like sports journalists tend to fall on two sides of this, and it's always one or the other. you got your Colin Cowherd, like, all wrestling fans are booger-eating morons, and then you have your, like, Phil Simmons side, which yeah. is, like, it's great. It's, like, pop culture television. Yeah. Do you notice that with, like, sports folks you talk to? Like, it's kind of 50-50. Some people like it. Some people think it's bullshit. Oh, yeah. for the- <laughs> I, I, I think so, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people like, oh, this is fake, and, like, I mean... You know, you'll see the the stories for WrestleMania come out. Like AP will do one every year. Yeah, it's like the hugest you know event in wrestling. You mm. know, whatever. But and it's like sometimes you're like, well, should we run it? Should we not run it? Like people that are going to read this are basically already know everything. Right. Exactly. So I mean, <laughs> it's like when you watch the WWE Network and they advertise yeah. for the network. I'm like, I already own this. Why yeah. don't you put this on during Monday Night Football yeah. or something else where you're going to get new content? Right. Yeah. Like. Um, so, yeah, there are definitely two sides. Like, there's like, yeah, I yeah. love this stuff. And the people are like, why do you watch it? It's so fake. And it's like, it's male soap opera. Basically. It is male soap opera. And I think, too, one of my big, I'm a big boxing fan. I, I okay. grew up in the era where my grandfather loved to watch boxing. Yeah. And I went to live boxing at Barclays Center. I've been to places when yeah. I was living in Brooklyn. Yeah. You can never guarantee what you're getting with yeah. boxing or MMA. Yeah. Like, sure. There's a chance that when I go see this fight, it's going to be a seven-round, eight-round yeah. classic. Yeah. But there's also the chance that dude is going to clinch for six rounds. Or the fight's going to be over in two minutes because it's a knockout, and then I spent $200 on a ticket, and now it's yeah. 9.30 and I'm going home. That you happened I mean? at MMA when it was here for yeah. UFC. I mean, your, your first match, the the guy was losing most of it. Yeah. And then the other this other guy goes and tries to... I, I still don't believe the move that he tried. Tried to like pick him up and he moved and he fell on his own arm and knocked himself out. Yeah. And suddenly, like, the guy that wasn't winning is now 
the winner. Yeah, you, and then like the the main event ended in 33 seconds, which was you, nice because at that point it was 12:45 well, and I wanted <laughs> That's I was the like, thing I was going to ask you. This has got to end soon. I watch I'm not a I personally am not a huge UFC guy. Yeah. I never I'm I not like either. Yeah, I like the pageantry of wrestling. I like the yeah. storylines. Yeah. I'm not there for like the headlocks, right? Like you know what I mean? Yep. I thought I tried to watch the UFC fight night from you to yep, go. I Primary, think you might have reached out to me. That's with, the first time yeah. I think we actually had real yep. contact yep. on Twitter in that way. And I wouldn't say that... I thought from the outside watching it, watching on television, they did a nice job presenting the city and the arena. Okay. But I looked at the arena and I was like, I don't feel like I... This doesn't look like Utica people to me. Like, it didn't There's, look like it was full of people from Utica. I mean, I talked to... Like, I did a story on it and yeah. I talked to people... I mean, there were two guys that came from... Western Massachusetts, yeah. and then there was some people from Watertown that I talked to. Yeah. I don't think a lot of, uh, I mean, that's great. I think it's great that sure. there are people traveling from, you know, different parts of the state or, you know, the region, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know how much people in Utica, mm. like Utica people were interested in it. Sure. Um, but I know UFC said, you know, I talked to the the director of media relations. He's like, yeah, we, you know, we felt the, mm. the, the good vibes all week. It and, felt... It felt like people were into it, right? Yeah. Mind you, like, I'm not it's, sitting here crapping oh, yeah. on it. Like people were there, and it was full, and it yeah. was yeah. I mean, when you you that first match, like I said, that weird yeah. move, and I mean, you can YouTube it. I mean, it it went viral pretty much right yeah. away because it was so odd. It's a long um, show though, dude. Like almost one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's a long uh, but like when that happened, like there were, I mean, people were on their feet and they were cheering. Yeah, like, yeah. it was loud. I mean, maybe. Like, not, you know, going back to a Comets game, you know, not maybe as loud as that, but it was still loud and people were into it, I thought. Mm. I mean, there were some matches that weren't maybe as exciting, yeah. but, and they were maybe, maybe a little bit bored with it. Um, <laughs> but I think for the most part, it, people were energized by it. Uh, I got one more for you. Uh, I happened to see on your Twitter you were playing some of that Mario Kart uh, DX or Deluxe 8, whatever yep. it was you were on there. Yep. My Ooh. wife and I, or yeah, my wife got a Nintendo Switch nice. for a birthday present. Yeah. And so we've been, playing Mario Kart nice. and it's you can get your hands on a Nintendo Switch it's awesome They're ex- I'm desperate to get one yeah. I, that's, I have a Playstation 4 and I'm about ready to get a Switch just because I'm ready to play Zelda like that's yeah. primarily number one yeah. Mario Kart Zelda yeah. and then the new Smash Brothers coming out yep. do you have any thoughts about like the eSports kind of buzz have you thought have you looked at any of this kind of stuff are you curious by it or does it not really appeal to you in the like same? I, I know a little bit about it and I know that you know there people are making Tons of money yeah, from it and stuff. I don't understand it. I guess I, I wish I would have been able to like figure out how I could have uh, capitalized that up, uh, from that when I was like playing as a teenager yeah, yeah. in my basement, <laughs> playing yeah. like Super Mario Brothers on Nintendo. And yeah, that's the thing. Tecmo though. Super Bowl. Like, They're playing stuff that I'm not familiar with. They're like, we're gonna play Dota, like, Rocket Rocket League. Or yeah, something. Rocket League is a weird one. <laughs> I, don't I, I saw it on for Nintendo Switch, and I'm like, well, I might try it. I mean, I tried Fortnite. Yeah, I know man, that's huge man. right now, and I yeah. tried it, and I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but maybe I'll try this again. I'm a middle school teacher for the most part, yeah. so I have... Kids are probably all talking mm, about it. It's I'm like so the huge thing. I'm so sick of Fortnite and <laughs> damn dances they do yeah. all day long. Uh, do they dab a lot still? Yes. Kids? Yeah. Yes. That's still you know what, though? You know what I do for that? I do the same thing I do with anything else that's cool. I'll get into it, yeah. and, then and then they hate stop. it. Yeah. Like I'm like, oh, you guys dab, and then I'll like super dab. I'll do like twelve dabs, and they're yeah. like, okay, we're not doing this we're, anymore. We'll stop now. Yeah. Uh, again, folks can uh, follow you at od underscore burnell b i r n e l l on Twitter. Uh, also at Minnesota Ben if they want to follow your personal platform. Mm-hmm. Um, what you say? What's your writing schedule like these days? Like you're writing like once a week, twice a week, three times a week. Usually I try to write one story a week. One story a week. Like, yeah. like right now, obviously with the Boilermaker, um, oh, yeah, and in right. like ten days, we're working on Boilermaker stories. Like. <laughs> 
It was actually just before I came in, I was trying to get a hold of uh, one runner for the last mm. couple of days, and I could not like figure yeah, it out. Yeah. And she finally called me just before I was about yeah. to step out the door. So I talked to her a little bit. So that was good. Yes. Um, obviously, the Comets uh, coming up uh, with free agency starting on Sunday, July 1st. Yes. I, I I don't know. That I think they've got the roster kind of figured out at this point. So I don't know how much, how big, you know, players they're going to have and stuff like that. Um, you know, and we got amateur base or Legion baseball and stuff like nice. that. Talk, uh, write about that. So Makes anything so, yeah. that kind of comes up. I do love, uh, love living as close as I do to Murray Field. Oh, yeah. man. And every, even now when I drive home sometimes, if even just seeing the lights on at the stadium gives yeah. you a good vibe. Oh, yeah. a nice I like, I like driving yeah. past a baseball field with the lights on. That's <laughs> like one of my favorite things. Uh, ben, you ready for a quick lightning round before we head out? Definitely. All right. Uh, ben, when you wake up in the morning, uh, how do you take your coffee? Uh, iced coffee. Iced coffee? Yes. Uh, mm. Huge iced coffee fan. Uh, milk and maybe whatever kind of creamer mm. we have. Uh, have you attempted to be the black coffee guy? I've tried, and I keep failing. When I was younger, I did, but my dad made coffee so like uh, dark that I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cannot I do this anymore. Uh, what was your first automobile? It was a 1990 Plymouth Acclaim. It was nice. white. <laughs> Shared it with my dad. And then uh, I moved on to an 89 uh, Grand Marquis. That, oh, was a, that was a yes, boat. And that yes. was... That was the thing that was hard to maneuver sometimes. <laughs> I'm a big proponent of the bench seat in my grandfather. Oh, yeah, that's what I had in, big that, in that marquee. Yeah, that thing was that was that was a boat. You may have not taken uh, your acclaim or your uh, marquee to see it. What was your first live music event? Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Where when I was ten? Uh, it was at the Target Center. <laughs> yes. So 1994, I believe they might be Giants was with them. Wow, that's a good bill. Um, <laughs> so my parent, my this is how it started. My parents were like, "Hey, we're gonna go see Meatloaf," because my parents were both big Meatloaf fans, and I was like, "I don't know who this guy is, but I want to go too." And they're like, "Okay." And so, like, I think I sat with like my mom and my dad had like a seat like a couple rows yeah. back or something. And went and saw Meatloaf, and that was my first concert. Weirdly, the thing that I always associate with Meatloaf and why I still like him is not just the VH1 behind the music that they did about him, which yeah. is fascinating. Yeah. They also made a VH1 TV movie, which is terrible. Oh, I think I've seen it. But that. I watched it like 20 times yeah. when I was a kid. I loved it. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm fascinated by Meatloaf. This is, <laughs> this is how my musical tastes were when I was a kid. Like, I skipped Halloween when I was like 12 or 13 to go see Hootie and the Blowfish. Nice. So I think maybe they were with They Might Be Giants. I can't remember. That makes more sense. That would make they more might sense. Be I don't remember who was with Meatloaf. Meatloaf. I mean, I was 10, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. That was pretty sweet. Uh, similar sort of question. Give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. The book I'm reading right now is called The Dry by mm. Jane Harper. It's a mystery. My wife actually mm. was like, you should probably read this book. And yeah. it takes place in uh, Australia, modern times. Like this uh, detective mm. goes back to his hometown for the first time in a long time uh, because his best friend is dead and his mm. whole f- the guy's family has also been killed. And so hmm. it's the the friend hmm. detective uh, trying to figure out what went wrong. Sure. Like, is it actually him that, you know, did it? And hmm. so Who's I'm, the author? It's Jane Harper. Jane Harper. I'm yeah. to look that up. It's, it's a slow burn. Always looking for new books. Um, it's, a, it's a good one. Um, like music, I mean, the one that I was thinking about today, uh, Harry Styles. I don't know if you've yeah, heard yeah, his I don't debut. Know the name. His, He's that... The, He's the one, one direction, direction type one guy. Direction yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, you'd think, okay, this guy's putting out a, a debut album. It, it came out a while ago. Yeah. Um, you think, okay, it's a One Direction or it's a boy band guy. Like, am I gonna really? Yeah, yeah. Is this gonna be good? And it's actually really, really good. I mean, it's that, one of the best things I've heard in a, a while. I as I get older, I can tell that my music stuff changes. When I was a younger man, punk rocker type guy. Oh yeah. I would look for something to not like about a song. Yeah. Initially, I'm like, yeah. ah, this song's trash. Yeah. Now, as I get older, I'm like, ah, oh, this one's got kind of hook to it. Yeah. I kind of like this hook. I mean, I like, I'm like. i a huge Black Keys fan, too. Oh, like, yeah. I I was coming back, I think, from a trip home, and I heard um, Tighten Up mm. by the Black Keys oh, yeah. while I was sitting at the, at the airport, and I was like, who are these people, and where can I get more? And was hooked on Black Keys. I saw them nice. live uh, in Minnesota, Minnesota too. So. Quite the show, actually. See, Minnesota, you know... Minnesota, I played one of my great moments, and uh, I think as a musician, we were on tour, at, on tour, we were living in a van, right? <laughs> and we played at a bar in Minneapolis, uh, okay. and I love Minneapolis, by the way. Like, it's a great it, Of all the cities that I went to in yeah. my time doing that, I was like, this is the city I could see myself sort of hanging in. It was cool, yeah. it had good music and good yeah. food. There's a lot of things uh, to yeah, do, and cool they got stuff. lakes around there you can go around and hang out at. But I remember playing in this venue and trying to get over with the with the Minneapolis folks, and I was just like throwing off musicians whose names I'm like, Semi-Sonic Prince! <laughs> just like naming all these musicians, and they're like, yeah, we don't care, it's fine, we don't care. Bob Dylan! <laughs> yeah, just like, the replacements, come on! Like, just naming <laughs> yeah. any band I could think yeah. of. Um, and I guess, uh, last but not least, uh, for you, Ben, uh, besides hockey, besides journalism, besides hooting the blowfish, give me one more thing, uh, that you, Ben Burnell, are passionate about. Hmm. Well, Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota, obviously yeah. that's, that's a big thing. Would um, you, would you like to go back at some point? In- I mean, I go back once a year. Yeah, yeah. Like I've got a trip coming up in August. So well, when the retirement comes, are you heading back that way? Are you going to stay? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess Weather's it's kind of the same. I, feel like. I mean, it snows more here, but <laughs> yeah. it's colder there. Um, yeah, Minnesota, I'm passionate. Like, I'll, I mean, obviously we'll talk about that just because it's, it's home. Yeah. Um, sports, you know, I love to read, um, nice. Good man. Know, video games too. Yeah, huge. yeah. What are you uh what are you playing besides Mario Kart right now? What's the hot game? FIFA. FIFA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got into that. I I uh I picked it I think I picked Forest Green, which yeah. is like League Two. Yeah. I'm trying to get them promoted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they're not really that great. Is that Nottingham so Forest? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, is, I'm trying to think of what it's a it, no, it's called Forest Green and they're like they've got these green uniforms with like black and it's the uniforms are weird, but I I take it and soccer has great uniforms. Uh if you guys are looking Plymouth Argyle is a team that I always like. They're like a weird low division team that has crazy okay. uniforms. Minnesota just got an ML MLS team. Well they moved That's up right. to MLS. Minnesota MLS. United, right? Yeah. And What's the, I, I MLS is the one that blows my mind because ten years ago I would have been like, this is gonna be gone in ten years. Yeah. And then when I was living in New York, I went to NYCFC game in Yankee Stadium when they yep. first like the first one. We, yeah. My buddy had season tickets and yeah. couldn't go, and then went to the Red Bulls games. And when you see the passionate fan bases yeah. they have, you're like, wow, maybe I'm maybe I missed out. Maybe I'm wrong, right? That's, maybe I'm missing it. You like, know what I mean? Red Bulls is a game that I want to go to. I want to see them play. It's a beautiful uh, stadium. Actually. Like they're building for Minnesota. They're building a new stadium. Yeah, uh, I actually drove by it when I was oh, for home in March. Or for the for the U- or for the United team. U- United oh, yeah, team, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it looks really nice. I mean, it's nowhere near done like when I drove past, but it looks really nice. And I'm like, this is impressive. I always go back to my favorite soccer quote. It comes from one of the guys in the Men in Blazers podcast. It's, it's like a good so- podcast. Yeah, 
the soccer, America's sport of the future, and it has been since 1977. <laughs> it's like Dippin' Dots, like the <laughs> yes. of the future, though they, they finally dropped it. <laughs> uh, ben, people can follow you at OD underscore Burnell. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. I love talking sports. I don't get as many opportunities as I do on the, we used to have the sports podcast. Yeah. This is nice for me. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate oh, it. It's a real thanks pleasure. So yeah. uh, and again, folks, follow Ben on Twitter, uh, all the social media platforms for all your comments, local sports, national sports needs. We'll be back to the show in just a moment. Once again, Big Ben, Ben Burnell, had a great time talking to him. Uh, I, I'm going to talk about the World Cup, but I'll wait for a minute because uh, we don't need to get into it. Uh, two things I wanted to discuss before I get into history lessons. Uh, one, I didn't bring up the fact that Cynthia Nixon was in town this week uh, at, at the other side in South Utica, right near our uh, studio, and I didn't oh, yeah. go down. Uh, anyone interested? Did you guys go? You didn't go, no, Heather. No, I wanted to. Yeah. I'm more of a Miranda guy. Is she Miranda? Yep. I'm more of a Samantha guy. I, so there's my obligatory Sex and the City joke, but that's it. Uh, and then the Put other, out in the rain. Uh, well, wait till this next part. The other one, uh, me and Parkinson have been conspiring, Kevin. We need to do because you have glasses now. We both have the glasses beard thing going on. We need to do some sort of Incredible Hulk parody with you and me, where I'm Bruce Banner and you're Incredible Hulk because you're like the bigger, stronger, scarier version of me now. I'll shave your beard right off face. Yeah. See. There you go. <laughs> see, Heather likes it. Heather I thinks like it's funny. That. Yeah. yeah. Kev smash uh, all your takes on the internet. He'll smash them up. It's true. Uh, <laughs> Um, let's let's rapid fire as best we can through these history lessons. It's very hot, and I would like something that's not this hot coffee to drink. Dude, uh, what are you doing? I, I Parkinson made coffee, and now it's there. And I, I like I how know. I have a nice iced coffee, and he's dying. I had enough for one iced coffee, that. and I made it for you. I appreciate you. it. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's move along. On this day, I don't have a funny story for this. Just an important event. On this day, 1964, uh, the Civil Rights Act was signed into law by Lyndon Baines Johnson, outlawing uh, discrimination against race, color, religion, oh, sex... Uh, or a natural decision. On July 4th, I can't think of anything more American than the Civil Rights Act. That's it. I don't have any other comments. Wouldn't it be a little bit ahead of his time? Interesting president. Interesting, Interesting president. president. Yeah. Interesting world. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, on this day, uh, 1985, it was one of our more popular Franklin Square film series movies, Back to the Future. Uh, was released. Uh, I think it's interesting the way that Back to the Future has like taken on this status. Like, people who go to like film school talk about Back to the Future like it's some sort of like the, the most important movie, like one of the best movies ever made in terms of like script and all that kind of thing. I hope right? no one ever tries to redo that movie. They will. No, no, Rich. It's funny you say that because uh, I read an article prepping for this about Robert Zemeckis, who owns a lot of the rights for this, who says that he will, he will until he's dead, he will never allow anyone to remake or reboot the movies Good. unless it has Lloyd and. Um, and Michael J. Fox in it, right? That comes for everybody. They will do it. Yeah, but for everybody. Are going to make it without any of the stars in it? I just... Yeah, for sure. They're going to reboot it. It's going to be no. a gritty reboot. It, I don't think you could make the... Oh, God. I'm not Lord. saying it's oh, going to be good. God. Oh, See, I'm not saying that it's going to be good at all, but do, do uh, I think they wouldn't swing for a gritty reboot? I think they would. Um, Empire Online uh, does a ranking of their 100 greatest movie characters. Not movie actors, but characters in films. Uh, and it's, like, updated every so often. Uh, this one was updated in 2017. It had Marty McFly at number 12, 
and Doc Brown at number twenty as the greatest movie characters mm. of all time. You guys want to take a couple? Want to take a swing through the list here? Yeah, for sure. I love movie characters. All right, let's go. I'll start with. Uh, well, I guess I'll start. I'll skim through real quick. Twenty through fifteen, right? Oh, fifteen down. Fifteen was Aragon, Lord of the Rings. I don't. I guess for some sure. people, yeah. I, I don't know anything about that. I've heard about that. Number fourteen, Captain Jack Sparrow. Fair. I don't really like the Caribbean Pirates of the Caribbean movies as much in yeah, hindsight. What about the first one? The first, no, the first ones are great, and in hindsight, I don't go back. They're and, another one though. They're like Jurassic World, like Fallen Kingdom or whatever. It's a popcorn movie. Popcorn movie. You know what yeah, you're yeah, getting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you just want to throw on something like laugh and mm. people are watching, mm. yeah, no. Uh, number thirteen, Tony Stark, Iron Man. I think that awesome. I think that's a great call, actually, considering yeah, yeah. how important these movies have sort of become. And he is probably the most compelling oh of absolutely. Any he's the he's the that center shining piece on his chest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Go watch Thor Ragnarok on Netflix. Go watch by the way, Thor people. Ragnarok. Holy yeah, everybody. Oh my god, just watch it. it's okay. so funny. It doesn't even matter. Just watch it. Uh, number twelve, Barty McFly. I think as you get older, it's more important now. I, I think it's a great role. Uh, Stands test time. Michael Corleone, number 11. All right. Very strong, The Godfather. Number 10, The Dude, The Big Lebowski. Again, People love yep. The Dude. Not for me, but sure. I like it. Yeah, yeah. People love The Dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number 9, Darth Vader, Star Wars. Obligatory. Yeah. Gotta get Star That's Wars fair. in there. Uh, 8, Tyler Durden. I like Tyler Durden. I feel like this is a stretch. It does feel like a stretch for Tyler Durden. Feels like a stretch from for Fight the, Club. Brad Pitt. Uh, no, it's a good one. Yeah, but for 7? Yeah, no, not for 7. Maybe, like, like, maybe like 30 out of 50. Yeah, ahead of yeah, Corleone, yeah, ahead of Iron Man. That feels like a stretch, yeah. Number 7, John McClane from stretch Die Hard. Stretch for me. Die Hard? That's a stretch for me. That's a good one. I mean, the Die Hard, the first one is the best one. Right? right. Like I Again, it's a transcendent movie, and I don't know. Yeah. 3 is pretty good. I'll move on. Uh, I'll take Durden over McLean. How about number six for you, Kevin? The Joker, Heath Ledger uh, yeah, as the Joker. Yeah, 100%. Put him, he won an Oscar for it. As it's, he should have. Yeah. As he damn well should have. Number five, Ellen Ripley from the Alien series. I mean, Sigourney Oh, see, Weaver. I got the Joker over Ripley. Nah, Sigourney Weaver. That's bias, though. That's Sigourney Weaver important in building, like, that narrative of, like, the female lead character in not one but two Alien movies. Like, the first real major bankable female lead character in an action movie, right? Okay. Like, important, I think, more than anything else. And also, can't be understated that the first two Alien movies, she's really good at. Yeah. Like, the second mm-hmm. Aliens, Aliens is a dope movie. She's just kick ass. <laughs> yeah, Get Away From Her, You Bitch is one of the most, like, iconic movie lines for me in general. Like, classic. Uh, number four, just Batman, in general. Hey. All the, I think this is a weird list because it includes, like, every incarnation. Like, it's really just going by character. Uh, but yeah, hard to say no to Batman. Here we go. Number three, Han Solo, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I never got what people. Mm-hmm. I never got the big deal about Han Solo. He's mm-hmm. like the prototype rogue, the rogue type character, man. He ain't much of a rogue. He was sort of. A, he was a bum. Ah, Seventy seven. I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, you bomb already. I'm not really a Star Wars guy, so I, I'm not either. I'm, but I'm, I, I get this one, right? I thought I, I get. I get why. I knew. Yeah. I knew they were gonna put it there. Yeah. Uh, number two, James Bond. James Bond. Um, again, important. I guess I'm not excited about it. I don't know. He's not like mem- like. Someone you're excited to go watch. Everyone knows James Bond. Some I know they people, know it, no, but some they people don't are though. I know people really, that are I just like don't James get any Bond, kind of throw up or... like fanatics. Mm. There I are good James Bond movies. It's tough when you've got a character that's been so prolific to the point where he's been played by what four or five actors. They've put out some like 25, 30 movies over like forty years. I get why you have to put him on a list like this because he's been so prolific. But for me and my personal list, I would never put him that high. No, no me neither. So I'd have who's to number it. one? Yeah, have we seen, do you it? know number one? I know number one. Do you know number one? No, I don't. Oh, man. You want to guess from um, everything you've heard so far? It's not Quint from Jaws, which is what I would have said, <laughs> which is a 
travesty that it's not higher on this list. But I don't whatever. know, man. Uh, number one, Indiana Jones. Okay. Oh yeah, okay, Four. yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, I think think about that. Harrison Ford, two of the top three. Han Solo yeah. and and Indiana Jones. I don't give Harrison Ford enough credit, I guess. Uh, that's because he wrestled on his laurels for 20 years after. He did. He did. Uh, all right, so there you go. That was a good history lesson. All right. Um, what else we got in here? On this day, 1989. Uh, the, we uh, well, I, we can be. These ones <laughs> aren't as kidding. good. Uh, on this day, 1989, the first superhero movie to make $100 million. Batman. Batman, that's right. Uh, Michael Keaton. Keaton, classic. I still think that's probably my, I know it's a hipster yes. pick. Still my favorite Batman movie. He's great. He's the best Batman. Just because of that scene when Nicholson goes into the art museum to the Prince song and he's like spray paint. It's so good. That's not even, that's not even, no, that's a meme. That scene is a meme. That's a great one. That's a great (laughs) one. Lawrence, (laughs) let's express ourselves, better ourselves. Oh, it's such a good movie. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, On this day, 1991, uh, this is just an interesting one for me because I remember this. So on this day, 1991, Donald Trump proposed to his, proposed to then, to soon-to-be wife, Marla Maples. Do you guys remember Marla Maples? That was his second daughter. His second wife, right? And he gave her a 7.5 carat ring. I don't know what that is for a ring. It's just huge. That's huge, yeah. (laughs) I just remember this because it reminds me of WrestleMania 7. I'm going to go real nerdy here for a second. At WrestleMania 7, all I... Just now? Just now. I was going to say, I thought we were... Marla Maples, all I ever knew of her as a kid was that at WrestleMania 7, she was the guest ring announcer. She showed up as, like, a celebrity at WrestleMania 7, right? And she's the guest ring announcer. And I didn't know who she was, and my mom was like, oh, that's Donald Trump's wife, fiancé, whatever. And Donald Trump was also at WrestleMania 7, right? But he was in a lineup of people at the time in between Chuck Norris and Lou Ferrigno. And they were all, like, walking down a row, like, shouting out something. I'm like, how do you feel about being at WrestleMania? He's like, it was great. I love Hulk Hogan. Right? And they're like, that's great. Lou Ferrigno. And he's like, I am the Hulk. Right? And, it, and it, that was it. And it's just so funny that in 91, Donald Trump was the guy in between. Simple times, to Different <laughs> times. He was the guy in between Norris and Ferrigno. And Marla Maple was getting the call. And now no one knows who Marla Maples is. Right? And he's the president. What a world. Different times. Uh, Heather's audibly or visibly shaken by this information. Uh, And last but not least, this is just the one I was thinking about. 2004, the cornerstone for the Freedom Tower in New York City was laid. It took us 10 years for the actual Freedom Tower building to be officially opened. Um, And I was watching an episode of Simpsons, I think, that they went to New York, and the World Trade Tower is like a big part of the storyline. And one of the things I always think is very sad when you look at old movies like French Connection, things that took place in New York that use that as a centerpiece is it. The Trade Towers had a really beautiful landscape and skyline that it helped create for New York. And for a long time, living down there, it wasn't there, right? I really do think, like, right before, I I was in New York when it was finished, and it really did help rebuild that skyline. I don't mean to get too deep on it, but it really helped make that part of New York feel complete again once once it was finished being built. And it really is a very impressive building. doesn't get, you know what I mean... I don't know if it'll be as iconic looking in 20, 30 years the way that the trade towers once were, but it really is something, and it really did help fi- make that skyline feel complete. So I just thought that was interesting. It's weird that it took 10 years. That was like a meme in New York for like, the, like it took 10 years. We're like, is I it coming? It ever coming? A lot of people in like... New York were like not thinking it was coming too. <laughs> it takes for... a long time for that kind of thing. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, that wasn't too bad, I guess. All right, let's, let's plow through some stories here. I do have one World Cup story. Um... <laughs> Well, somehow. somehow, the two biggest stars in the World Cup are out, right? The two, who are the two soccer players you know, Heather? Well, I don't know. No, you don't know any soccer players. I don't. I'm at sorry. Gunpoint. I don't want to you disappoint you. You couldn't name one? I can't one. name one. I can name a basketball Cristiano player. Cristiano Ronaldo, you don't know that never one? Never heard. You never heard of Lionel Messi? No. 
really? I'm really serious. Those ones I feel like are pretty... The most soccer I've ever heard is since I met you. Oh, well, I, that's nice to know. Yeah. Uh, well, both... Well, Kevin, I'll ask you then. Both these transcendent players considered the two best players on the planet right now. Uh, both of them have been bumped from the World Cup tournament. Uh-huh. Which of these two is a bigger fraud, in your opinion, <laughs> Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo? Um... Ronaldo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ronaldo's a much bigger fraud. Ronaldo's a much bigger fraud. <laughs> bigger fraud. Yeah. I actually uh, think in this case that... Uh, you don't pay that much attention to the eyebrows unless you have something to hide. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you guys have great eyebrows. I do think that Ronaldo's team was worse, and I feel like less concerned that they lost because they weren't as good. Like, Messi's team should have won, I feel like. That's just my thought. I don't know, yeah. Uh, That's crazy. All them Spanish teams. That's a lot yeah. of them. They out. They out. Uh, <laughs> Portugal, all right. Uruguay. Yeah. All these crazy teams. Uh, uh, so I just want to say, this is a funny story. Uh, every year that there's a sporting event, Olympics, World Cup, NCAA tournament, there's a trend for people to get some sort of animal to correctly predict this, the, the event. This happens all the time. It happens in Japan a lot. They use octopus. In America, people use fish all the time. Uh, so in Japan, there is a psychic octopus that has correctly predicted Japan's World Cup result um, in the group stages, right? It predicted all three results correctly. What they do is they put the animal in a tank and the you know, the thing has different food bins that are marked with each team, and whatever thing picks, that's how they decide who's going to win, right? Uh, however, yeah, it's crazy, right? The psychic Anyone octopus. Anyone can see Kevin's face. Yeah, Kevin's very drunk. Turns out this octopus uh, will not get a chance to uh, choose the group st- uh, the knockout stages because it has already been sold and eaten according to the owners of the octopus so even the japanese are wild when it comes to seafood it even comes out of the ocean very meaningful i mean they're going non-king all over the ocean and that's terrible thing to say but people don't know history it's important to remember that today before we were taped this podcast japan was up two nil to belgium and then lost three two so this is the curse they killed the octopus and now they fell apart i'm blaming their callous murder. Octopus is top three favorite animal for me. They're very really? smart. I love the octopus. They're they're so smart. Hmm. They're so smart and social. And I've read a lot of things uh, talking about you know the way they live and their intelligence quotients and everything like that. Where they say the problem is their lifespan is only like two to three years for an octopus. They just don't live very long. Huh. Hmm. Um, and different species live a little bit longer, but they're all like under ten years. And scientists have said that they probably would have built some sort of society by this point if they had a longer lifespan and could live longer hmm. to stand up because they're so intelligent and social and capable and adaptable. They're really interesting That's animals interesting. if you ever want to read about them. Hmm. So yeah, go read about octopus because you will be impressed like I was. I'm impressed. Uh, speaking of unimpressive things, um, <laughs> we've talked about... Uh, you ever go to the grocery store? Wolves. Wolves are impressive. Whatever, it's just a dog. <laughs> He's just trying to troll Parkinson's. Just a dog with friends. Uh <laughs> Uh, we've talked about this, I think, on the podcast, maybe in the past, but definitely in private, of, like, what's the saddest thing to see a person getting from the grocery store? And I think what we... Hungry Man. Hungry Man. Yeah, Hungry Man. Hungry Man Frozen Dinner. Sorry if anybody out there is repping Hungry Man Frozen Dinners, but don't. Yeah, one of the saddest things to see a person just buying... It's lonely. It, that's right. It's very it's sad. Alone. Uh, well, now the Hungry Man is no longer alone. He's getting married. That's right. Uh, the Hungry Man is marrying Marie Callender. The companies have decided they are going uh, to merge. So now Marie Callender's frozen food and Hungry Man are now one company. They're no longer paupers <laughs> living alone, <laughs> single. What do you call like a single person who a, uh, a spinster, right? A spinster. Yeah, Marie, Marie Callender's not a spinster. Hunger Man's not a pathetic 
sad old man. There's hope for everybody in this sad, strange world we live in. For TV dinners. No, don't don't get TV dinners. This isn't better. (laughs) Like, do better. Just go buy go buy Mm. a nice piece of chicken or a piece of pork. Learn how to put it in a pan. Get some vegetables. Mm. You'll be fine. You don't need the hungry man. Don't get the hungry man. I'm never that hungry, man. <laughs> well, we, you know, we listened to the Anthony Bourdain uh, interview that he had with Mark Maron over the week. Amazing. It was amazing. Better very... than anything we'll ever do here. No, it's, it's true. <laughs> uh, if you, Mark Maron posted his interview from 2011 with uh, Anthony Bourdain on his uh, podcast feed. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Yeah. It's, That's interesting. Yeah. And it's definitely very interesting to read. But one of the things that stuck with me about it is he talking about like how easy it is to cook for yourself. It's true. And how people just don't sometimes. It's true. Right? All the time, almost. It's yeah. super easy to cook for yourself if you yeah. just like do it. Yeah. Like, even if you just go to the store and buy like a whole cooked roasted chicken. Mm. Like there's so many things I've made with just like a whole roasted mm. chicken that's pretty Like you could roast a chicken. Yeah, but I know. <laughs> but you can use a chicken to make tacos and all sorts of things with it. It's true. Oh, yeah. So uh, we're going to take a quick tour around the U.S. before we head out here today. Uh, first stop, Delaware. I love this story. This is a great one. You know how sometimes when you're driving around, you see like those pre those fabricated houses on the back of like trucks, right? Like a whole house. Yeah. Uh, apparently, earlier this week in Delaware, uh, a prefabricated house was just left in the middle of the road. And no one knows who put it there. Just left in the middle of a two-lane road. Still had the sign on it. It's very mysterious. Uh, people were like concerned. How is it la- like standing up? Or they no, look, there's like a picture of it. It's literally just like sitting in the road. There it is. Oh. It's just out there. Full house. The guy quit his job and was like, I'm done. He's, yeah, I don't want this house anymore. <laughs> uh, I thought about this. I think it'd be a good setup for a horror movie. You yeah. go into the house and it's like you know you can't come out of the house. It's like a pocket dimension. Like you were the only person who like saw the house. It. You, you walk the only... out of your house and the house only appears for like five minutes. You go into it. Yeah. Yes. There's a. Um, yes. Oh. oh, I can't remember the name of it. But there's a really good one of those internet horror stories about a concept somewhat like that. Mm. Uh, I it's that really house in the woods or weird thing. stairs in the woods. No, house of leaves is kind of like that actually. Huh. Well, I saw something where they go into like another dimension when they go into the house. Huh. No, there's a lot of things like that. I mean, it's a pretty popular story, but that would be a cool way to do it, is have somebody drop a house in the middle. Here's tough. You surviving? We should fan you off. I'm going to fan Heather when you talk. Fan her off. Uh, well, <laughs> here's news from Wisconsin. Uh, a man in the state of Wisconsin was injured after a camera installed in his shoe exploded. He was a pervy guy, and he was trying to get upskirt photos of the people, like what? a scumbag. He put a camera in his shoe, and uh, karma got you, brother. Play a, you done played yourself. Uh, camera blew up. Gross thing to get caught for. (laughs) Camera blew up in his. How do you explain that to the police? I'm wondering why they, how they even knew. What else are you gonna? There's a foot's on fire. His foot's on fire. No, I mean, there's a foot's on fire. We didn't need to tell anybody that. That's why he was doing. Well, people ask questions. We feel like I was running or something. And my foot caught fire. (laughs) (laughs) I was going so fast. Never mind. And my foot just. Uh, the offense uh, for this carries a maximum punishment of three and a half years in prison and a ten thousand dollar fine in the United States. Uh, all right, and last but not least, from our favorite stop, Florida. I'm sure you guys have heard this story this week. This is a great one. Uh, this gentleman uh, was released from prison um, after posting bail. He took a he took a cab at one in the morning and took a 30 minute trip to his home, to which he got there and then told the cabbie he could not pay his 70 dollar fare. Sure. Told the driver he would get a credit card number from his sister, uh, but according to the police report, the driver refused. Uh, he ended up getting arrested for petty theft and was taken directly back to the jail that he had just <laughs> been released from because he couldn't pay his cab fare. This is why we, we need to do a better job when we release people from jail of helping them reintegrate into society. <laughs> yeah. Because if we want to take any kind of an honest effort 
at jail being some sort of like reformation or some sort of you know learning from your like mistakes, then you have to make an honest effort in helping these people on their way. And they out. literally mm-hmm. do get dropped out the door, like you see in movies. Well, that's just the thing too, because and so many of the prisons now are all the way out in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? So there, you have to do. You can't just let the guy outside the doors and then expect him to be able to dive right back in. Like right. that's where we get recidivism from, and it's gross and dumb. Shawshank Redemption. That's what happened to uh, Red. No, not Red. Who's the old guy? Brooks. Brooks. There it is. Thank you, Parkinson. Uh, all right. Uh, I think that's... I, w- I was going to talk about Alexandria... Um, I can't think of her last name. Asario, Asasio Cortez, the Democratic Socialist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't know if that's we want to awesome, get into that. Man. It's a crazy story. Awesome. You know what the craziest thing is about her that I read is that this time last year, one year ago, she was, she's 28 now, she was a 27-year-old bartender. Yeah. yeah. In Queens. And, like, dude, I, I'm just saying, I know a lot of bartenders... I know a lot of bartenders in their late 20s, their early 30s, you know, younger and older. It, people, you can do it. It can be mm. done. Like, people can do it. And it's lofty and it's huge. And, you know, not everybody's going to win the way that she did. And, like, it's a real kind of specific circumstance. But, like, these are achievable goals that people can attain and ascribe themselves to. So mm. more people should roll the dice because I would love to see more candidates that are, are younger and a little bit more savvy in the world we live in today. I liked it like, when they show the video of her winning. Like, she yes. had no idea. Like, Genuinely surprised. This was... I had no idea this was going to happen for her. I've been seeing some interesting... There's a girl, I think, out of um, Texas. She was... uh, She's a veteran or something, and she has a really, really interesting campaign video she put together. Yes. It's crazy because, like, the production values and the way it's done are just so sharp and modern and new. She's... Yeah, I don't remember her first name. She's got... Uh, I saw the video, though. It's It's MJ MJ something. Her first name is MJ. She's out of Texas. What what did she do? She's, She's running for... I don't remember what office she's running for out there. But she's like an army veteran and a mom and is just running. And oh, she put together this campaign video. MJ Hagar. Like, MJ yeah, Hagar. It's a super about. slick video. Yeah, one of the slickest, one of the slickest, slickest videos I've ever really? seen. It's really, yeah, bleh. It's really, really well made. It's really, like the music is good. It's just really well shot. It's like a one shot. Like a fake one shot. If you want to get people's attention, you have to go to where they are. Like yeah. If mm-hmm. you want younger generations to pay attention, if you want to get my attention, the best way is a slick, well-produced video that I yeah. can consume on platforms on which I'm consuming content. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you put it on TV, I'm not watching TV, except for World Cup, where now I'm just seeing nothing but commercials. But, like... It's true. Then nobody's on TV, so if you want to catch the younger people, this is the way you have to do it. So I hope this is just the beginning of all the young folks coming. Hope so. Uh, All right, let's... No, let's wrap this up. Vote. Uh, register to vote. Yeah, vote, folks. Just register to vote and vote for everything that you're legally allowed to. Justin, you want anything to pitch? Oh, yeah, handshake.city. Justin, should people be what? donating? Yes, of course. Yeah, of course they should <laughs> be donating. Handshake. <laughs> Parkinson is tarps off, no shirt. Shirtless. For a hot cup of coffee. I'm a big believer with dumping your retirement savings and putting into this park. I'll pay back double, I promise. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Dump your that. Take my word for it. Handshake.city. Uh, donate. Check it out. A lot of cool stuff. July 7th, Space Jam coming up. Follow Heather uh, on Twitter at HeatherWaz1 on all our social media platforms. Follow Kevin, underscore Kevin Sullivan, living that glasses LeBron lifestyle. It's a whole new world for Kevin in the summer of Kevin. Uh, it's hot. Follow me at the show SF Doom or just follow the Uticast. Uh, I am trying to limit my Uticast tweets about the World Cup. Uh, awesome. Follow all this week's shows and all the shows we have. Uh, made in Utica, Uticast.com. Uh, we are on SoundCloud, Instagram. Uh, number one cast on Stitcher, you already know. <laughs> number one cast on Stitcher. We're taking over the web. Uh, sign our humanoids. Uh, keep it tight. Uh, Woodstock lives. 
if you know Chris Mandry, uh, Chris Mandry's doing a podcast about music. It's really interesting. He's putting it out intermittently, getting started, but keep it out if you want more content. That's right. Chris, come over. We're going to play Super Spike V-Ball some more and talk about it. All right, folks. We'll see you later. Peace. Register to vote. Vote. Don't ever do that again. <laughs>